Welcome to the Intoxicated Podcast, a weekly comedy talk show that dives into the personal lives of comedians, experts, and creators. I'm your host, Sarah McClellan, a very amateur stand-up comedian and self-proclaimed sad girl. It's the comedy podcast with a lot of heart. Feel hard and talk hard. This is the Intoxicated Podcast. Oh, hey, Internet. Welcome back to another episode of the Intoxicated Podcast. How are you doing, everybody? How are you? Uh, I hope you're well. I know I am because holy shit, this episode I have for you today. I can't wait to get to it. But before I get to my amazing guest, have you um, left Intoxicated an Apple podcast rating or review yet? If you haven't, you should because it really helps with the podcast and it helps the show get some visibility on the podcast charts, which is always very nice. So please do that if you haven't already done so. Also, make sure you're following Intoxicated on TikTok. I need some more followers over there. I do have a few viral videos on there already, but man, views do not always convert to followers. So if you are on TikTok, please follow Intoxicated Podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. And of course, if you are in need of life advice or just somewhere to rant about something that you might want my take on, you can send in a voicemail to the podcast or fill out the anonymous talk line form as well. I would love to hear from you. So those two things will be linked in the description of this podcast. And it's also always in the link tree in the Instagram bio. Wow. Okay. It's time to get to today's guest. I am wildly excited for this one. This was such a fucking blast. I am so stoked to welcome back a returning guest, a true killer, killer, in stand-up comedy, an absolute beast of a comedian. And not only that, but she is a great human being too. It is the amazing, the hilarious Kathleen McGee. Um, Kathleen's first appearance on the podcast is truly one of my favorites. One of the most memorable ones as well. The most clip-worthy one, I think, too. So, If you haven't listened to that one, that's a great one to listen to as well. It's from a few years ago, but I am so excited that she is now back on Man Oh Man, the conversations that we had, you guys. Oh my goodness. And I just got to say, Kathleen McGee is truly, for me personally, definitely a mentor, I would say, in comedy. She was really the first female comic that I ever saw like truly crush in a comedy club in person when I started going to watch stand-up. And honestly, since then, since I saw her, met her, had her on the podcast, stayed in touch, and then I started doing comedy, and then I started kind of thinking back to the things she had told me and the advice she gave me. She's really someone I look up to in stand-up and someone I'm always so damn honored to hang out with. So very kind too, and brutally honest in a way that like the world needs. So the conversations that you will hear in this episode are super honest. And Kathleen and I are quite similar in how we see things. So we really got into it. You can follow Kathleen on Instagram. She is at Kathleen underscore McGee. 
follow her on TikTok as well. She's on there too. And also do yourself a favor and check out her amazing stand-up comedy album. It's available wherever you can stream albums and it is called Deliciously Vulgar and it's amazing. Check that out. So let's get to it, you guys. Please enjoy this super fun and super honest conversation with the hilarious killer Kathleen McGee. you on uh on when i dug up friday i was just like i feel like you're someone who who thrives on hecklers a bit like you, you oh yeah you, you really don't mind like like you know getting into it with an audience no member. not at all go ahead fuck with me i'll fuck with you way harder i'll make you cry it's great you'll bring that unabashed aries energy to that oh yeah 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 Fucking totally love it. there was another comic adrian she was out yeah Adrian, she did a guest spot, right? Yeah, she did a guest spot. She she had a good a good set, but she was like also like, what kind of advice you have? And I told her the advice, the best advice I got because she's like, um, she's a female comic and she's dirty, so she's gonna get all these people telling her, oh, you can't talk about sex, but they would never say that to any male comics ever. They would never say that to them. And I also the other thing is like. Women are sexualized from the time that they are brought into this world. And like, they don't think we're going to talk about a lot of sex stuff. Like, go fuck yourselves. Get out of my face. Like, stop it. Get, stop telling me to talk about sex and stuff. It drives me nuts. Oh, you have your dick. I saw, I saw Nikki Glaser post something a couple of years ago. Yeah. That was a, a, a chart about, um, comedy specials and like mentions of sex or something yeah. like, and with like, and it was comparing males and females and like what her caption was essentially just like, Oh my goodness. It's almost as if sex is a bigger part of our lives because we get raped all the time yeah. and we have to always be thinking about this type of thing. It's almost like, you know, it's just on our minds a little more than like, well, they're like, don't talk about sex, but make sure you look sexy. Don't talk about sex, but make sure you've, Fuck us. Don't talk about sex, <laughs> but like, you know, make sure that make sure that it's it's in your mind at all times and you're always thinking about how you look and how fuckable you are. Like it's just fuck I hate stupid. it. It's so stupid. It's stupid. And I hate that when like, oh, all girls talk about is sex. I'm like, yeah, well, maybe stop sexualizing us from the time that we're children. Bam, 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 bitch. So. Also, too, it's like, why does it matter? Just let comics like talk about literally what they want to if talk about. If they can about. make it funny. If they can make it funny. Great. Funny first. Funny first. Funniest first is always. Funny first always. So if if something's dirty and it's funny, why does it matter if it's dirty? Yeah. If it's funny. Yeah. Like it doesn't it, matter. It uh, Yeah, it, it infuriates me because I'm also on that spectrum too. Yeah. And I purposely have been trying to make myself less dirty and it's not at all natural. Because it's not you. It's not at all natural to They've me. tried to make, I, I can do clean-ish, but it's just, <laughs> I don't have fun doing it. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's not me. Like it's not the stuff I like to talk about. Um, but yeah. It's not going to come out as authentic. Yeah. I'll talk about whatever I want to talk about on stage. And like a lot of it is just like, I don't know. And also, can I tell you, the crowds want dirty. 
Go. Yeah. F- that's all that. Like last night, they had some comics on. They were doing like little tame bits before him, and they were like, "But the second somebody said come or something, they they lost their minds." So whenever festivals and all this shit, they're like, "Oh, you got to be clean. Crowds want clean." That's fucking bullshit. Yeah, crowds do not want clean. Is that just a thing for like? You know, things like, um, you know, like Halifax Comedy Fest just, just for laughs, just because it's like on TV and stuff. Sure. But Is even like the, the TV people want yeah. it dirty. Really? Well, mm. CBC Canada has this weird thing that we have to be so polite, but we're not like if you go anywhere else, like you watch the specials, they're not squeaky clean. No. And even like doing Winnipeg, they've told us, oh, you can throw in a couple of fucks here and there now because it's on late at night. But I'm like. You know, if you guys like comics, be who they are. Yes. You, the get, comedy some, will be, you get great sets. But yeah. We'll be so much better. Oh I don't my know. God. Oof. We're fired up already. I haven't even <laughs> I haven't even introduced Kathleen yet. Oh yeah. Oh, we are recording. I should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> I podcast raped you. I didn't tell you. <laughs> Sarah, I'm gonna cancel you from enthusiastic inside here tonight. <laughs> That's so funny. Um everybody, I'm so excited. Um, to have such a special guest back on the podcast for the second time, although you did do one of my live streams once, I think, over COVID. I think so, probably. I don't count that as a podcast episode, though. So this is your second solo episode. She is an absolute motherfucking killer, (laughs) murderer, pro, amazing comedian from Edmonton, Alberta, also the host of the Dead Baby Bear podcast, co-host, I guess. Co-host. And it is Miss Kathleen McGee. Thank you. I love you so much. I'm so happy this got to ha- I got to do this with you. I know. And have you back on. Um, I, I just love you so much. You, 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 you know this. I, I'm just unabashedly yeah. in love with you. <laughs> Um, I want to take you back like long ago. And I don't even know if this was when I had initially asked you on the podcast or might have been even before that, I think. Um, when I started actually just starting to watch stand up here in Halifax, because I, I, I'm still kind of new to stand up. Yeah. Like, like I only really started like going as an audience member in like 2018. Yeah. 20, like around then. Um, that's when I met Vaughn and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like everyone kind of introduced me to this crazy world um you were one of the first female comedians that i saw absolutely destroy like when i say destroy like and and this is not i don't mean to like put down women comics i don't mean to say that but i just mean i've never seen a woman kill the way that you did Uh when i saw you once when you came and headlined yucks yeah and i was just like holy shit she's a killer how long have you been doing this it's almost 20 years. I think I'm 18 years now. <sighs> 18 years. I think, yeah. So that's why. <laughs> Everybody. Oh, it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you, you, you damn fucking good. I've been at it for a while. You've been <laughs> at it for a while. You're an absolute killer. So you've been here doing yuck yucks. You've been here on the East Coast for a bit. Yeah. How's it been? I fucking love Halifax. Honestly, I want to live here so badly. I just like it's like. Move here. I would love. Oh, I would love to. Move it's- it. <laughs> Get your ass here. Tons of mics. Tons, I mean, maybe the opportunities, the paid opportunities are as much as Edmonton, but. But I like, yeah, I like Edmonton. It, it, like I was in Vancouver for a while, but then I'm like, what am I doing? I'm spending $2,300 a month on rent and I'm in my place like maybe two weeks out of the month, maybe less because I'm always mm. on tour. And like you have to fly everywhere when you live in Vancouver. You can't drive to a lot of gigs. So right. at least in Edmonton, I can drive to BC gigs. I can drive to Saskatchewan gigs. And You're kind of in the center of it all. Yeah, and 
the Air- Edmonton Airport's a good hub. Like all the cheap airlines fly out of it. So that's amazing. That's I think that's probably changed a uh, road work too. Like it's so much cheaper to fly. Yeah. It's not like $900 now. It's like a lot cheaper to fly. That's good. And you, you've been like touring. Are, are you on a tour right now? Like kind of going everywhere for um, a little bit? I'm just like, like I did Ottawa last weekend and then I'm doing St. John next weekend mm. and then I'm doing Calgary. Punchlines, everybody. Yeah, punchlines. I'm excited. I haven't done punchlines in like, I was supposed to do it and then the pandemic happened. That's when I was supposed, like I was supposed to at some point do that. And I, I can't remember what happened if it was a pandemic or something happened, but I couldn't do it. But now I get to do it again. I love it. I'm so excited. Oh my God. That's amazing. And there's a strip club above it. Like I can't. Oh remember. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hear about this strip club. I've only heard things. I love strip clubs. I, I'll always go. And um, I went in Ottawa with my opener, Peter. I can't remember his last name. I feel so bad, but Peter was very funny. And so I was like very drunk all week. And so I'm like, I'm going to buy you some lap dances. Oh my God. I, I didn't understand how lap dances work. Like, <laughs> He had like two or three songs and then they're like, do you want to come? I'm like, yeah. So I came up for like two songs and then she's like, what's well, $160? I was like, pardon me? Like, I thought it was going to be like 20 bucks. But she's like, yeah, you had like five songs. I was like, okay. I love the idea of just like, I want to support strippers. I do. And then, and then just be like, but on a budget. <laughs> you know, like, like, cause of course, like we all have budgets for fun stuff. I like, literally was like, I'm quitting comedy. I'm going to start stripping. I don't care. Like, fuck this. Oh my God, the money. Have you ever done like the pole dancing classes? No, I should do those. Those, those. They look really fun. They look really fun. And like, they're such a workout too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like well, not only can you learn to stri- like dance strip or yeah. strip dance, but like you, you will get your upper body in so much strength. Oh, you'll have a lot of respect for strippers. Like I even have a joke in that it's stupid that stripping's not in the Olympics. Yeah. Like it's, it's complete. Cause it's like, those are, they're really athletes. <laughs> like so athletic. It's and insane. it would be the most uh, attended event. I swear to God. Like the, the IOC or is that what they're called? IOC. They're the stupidest people on earth. Yeah. They haven't put the, that in the Olympics yet. Petition. Let's start a petition. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's insane. The only strip club I've ever gone to was in Toronto. Which one did you go to? Zanzibar. Oh, Zanzibar. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Toronto's got some good ones. Zanzibar. I like Fillmore's. Oh. It's a, little, it's a little sketchier and I like a sketchy. I also think it's shocking that Halifax doesn't have a strip club yet. That literally is because I, I was talking to people. I'm like, nobody has a strip club here. I'm like, I'm going to move here and open a strip club. It's, I feel like. Because it's not illegal here, you right? You should totally do that. <laughs> I feel like the, that's a moneymaker that nobody has figured out yet. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Because we had Ralph's. Yeah. Ralph's was a thing here. But is it illegal here? Because I know in like Saskatchewan, you can't have strippers. It's, That's you- a good question. I don't know. I would think. Oh, well, yeah, actually, I'm not sure. Because some like some really religious based. I, like I find that they're in the small towns of, of Nova Scotia. It can be a little bit. A little more religious. conservative. Yeah, and conservative. But That's fair. I don't know. Like, I think it's. uh Yeah. We should have strip clubs. We should also have like sex clubs. Like they we- don't have like even a swingers club in Halifax. No, not not an official one. No. Well, most swingers clubs aren't. <laughs> they're always like it's it's in this strip mall. They are always in a weird strip mall. There was one Come in Edmonton that was like next to a daycare. <laughs> so literally on the weekends, people would be fucking next to where children would play the next day. It was weird. Kind of convenient though. Drop your kid off, go fuck. Like I a, mean, if you, you, know, if you want to talk about a good idea, yeah. <laughs> One parking lot. <laughs> Take the kids o- over to the daycare. That's actually smart. I wonder if that daycare was open at the, in the evenings. 
god. If I owned that daycare, I'd be like, yeah, this is the this is the swingers daycare. But no swinging happens here. If you open a strip club, what would the t- name be? Oh my god. I don't know. What if it was a comedy and a strip club? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be like you could do comedy shows. That would be amazing. Till ten, yeah, and then it turns into a strip club. That would be amazing, actually. Right? I, because if you think about like the layout, yeah. I guess I guess with strip clubs, there's multiple stages, so that would be tricky. Mm. Or there should be multiple stages. I don't know. Like I've done shows in strip clubs. Really? Oh yeah. Like I've done a show. There was one in um, Prince George called Alibis, and it was funny because. It was me and Christina Walkinshaw. They didn't really advertise Ooh. that it was a comedy show. So all these men were coming in and be like, why are these women on stage talking with their clothes on? Like, this is weird. This is my worst nightmare. <laughs> it was weird. It was a weird show. And then I've done a show at my favorite strip club, Number 5 Orange in Vancouver, which was really weird because it's like, it's like a round, like you, everyone's on the whole thing. So it's not a stage. It's like you're still, and so I was like having to turn and I was like, I don't know how these girls like do this and not like pass out because they always like wear those gigantic shoes and like right. people like underestimate how hard it is to do that. You got to because number one, you have to learn like just the art of going on the pole and then you have yeah. to do it in heels. You yeah. have to learn how to dress. You need to, you. It's like comedy. You need stage presence, too. Yeah. You, you can't have just a have personality. a personality. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. There's so many. Sometimes you'll see a stripper and she's got no personality and you're like, you just don't have it in you. Yeah, right? You just don't have you that don't have stripper that spark. fire. The nope. spark. The stripper yeah. spark. Exactly. Um, I love this idea. I think there should be a comedy slash. Well, comedy club. and burlesque was a huge thing. Oh. So it makes total sense. Yes. Have you ever done um like a mixed medium show like that? A comedy burlesque show? Oh, yeah. I've done a comedy. There's this one uh, burlesque girl in Vancouver named April O'Peel. And she does comedy burlesque. Mm. And she's fucking hilarious. So I... <gasps> I've had her on some shows and I think I did a show with her that was burlesque. It's such a good mix. It's, it's such a good mix. Such a good mix. There's a club in Edmonton called uh, Spotlight Cabaret and they do a lot of burlesque and then they'll have a comedian on as well. So it's not like quite a strip club, but it, they do a lot of burlesque stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think a comedy strip club would be amazing. It's pretty liberating. Like I did one... Uh, it was like a mix of like stand up and burlesque. So it was like stand up act, burlesque, stand up, yeah. burlesque. And uh, I just remember like wearing like this like crazy bodysuit, like almost lingerie um, while doing stand up with like, and I literally wasn't wearing a bra. I had pasties on underneath and I was just like, this feels amazing. And I wish I could do this all the time. Like just do it. <laughs> fuck it. Who cares? You know what? There's a, apparently uh, there's a nudist colony stri- uh, comedy show in yeah. Ontario I've heard some comics that have done it and you have, you literally have to be naked to do fully it. Fully naked? I don't think I could. I could you have to be I'm, fully naked to I'm do, naked to, do, to do it. Yeah. I think Adrian Fish has done it before. Oh I don't gosh. know who else has done it, but I've heard about them. Like it sounds intriguing. Cause I feel like, cause I don't know, like swingers clubs. Um, I've always felt are funny because like you'll go in and it's kind of shocking at first, but then after a while you're just talking about the weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, people are fucking around me, whatever. <laughs> But like, it I just feel becomes like it, normal. It would be interesting to do a set naked because it's. But and the thing is, you're not the only one naked. Everyone around you is naked. Oh, so even the audience? Too? Oh, it's a nudist colony. You have to be naked. Holy shit! The whole time. I think I've seen that. Like it's, I think I've seen Ontario. Yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Hmm. So, but it's the same feeling as like when I started going to nude beaches. Like I went to Rec Beach in Vancouver, and I was like, oh, I'm very nervous to do this. And like, you don't have to. You don't have to be naked to be there. But you do stand out if you 
are people will look at you like, oh, you're just here to gawk. Like, right. You'll you'll look creepy if you're not naked. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I can go topless. Okay. Yeah. And then so yeah, okay. So I went topless. And then like you get there and you like look around and you're like, everybody has imperfect bodies here. Like there's even the good looking people have an imperfect something imperfect about them. Like a, mm-hmm. they have cellulite or one boob is bigger than the other or whatever. And like so I was like, I took my bottoms off and I was like fully naked and it was the best feeling ever. Liberated, eh? It was amazing. Yeah. And then you do mushrooms and you go swimming in the ocean on <laughs> mushrooms. It's the best. It's the best. Oh my god. It's goodness. the greatest. It's the greatest. I bought mushrooms from a guy named Ninja. <laughs> it was really good. It was really good. Where was this? Wreck Beach in Vancouver. Wreck Beach in Vancouver. Yeah. Toronto has one on Toronto Island that I've been to before. Which I went with a couple. Every time I go with comics to Wreck Beach, I'm like, oh, this is so weird. Because I'm going to see this comic naked. And then you're like, whatever. It's like once you're around it, it just doesn't seem like a big deal anymore. It just becomes normalized. Yeah. You're just like, you're not like staring at someone's dick. Like, mm-hmm. you're just like, okay, we're naked. Who cares? Yeah. So like, I don't know if I've talked to you since I went to a, I went to a, a sex party. No. And like had a fivesome. What? <laughs> no, you have not. <laughs> so there is like an unofficial like place here in Halifax. Oh my that, god, that's hilarious that and awesome! These, like kind of sex party things. Yeah, um, and it was interesting because like there was like all these different rooms. It was kind of like it's kind of like a bar. That's basically type thing. a swingers club. Yeah, yeah. And most people weren't naked like out in the main common area. That's a swingers club. <laughs> but then in the in the rooms they were naked. Yeah, and it was this kind of weird like. For me, I was just like slowly taking clothes off. <laughs> like, like it, it, I just felt so. Um, it's awkward uptight. at first. It's it, so awkward at first. But then you like get into it and you notice nobody, like other people around you are just like, whatever. Like, right? That's what I found so interesting about being in swingers clubs. I've never swung at a swingers club, I've only done shows, but I've never like participated. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, like the one that I went to in Vegas was crazy. It was they had like a stable room, like with stables, and then like, they had a rope and if the rope was up, you could only watch. But if the rope was down, you could join. And they had like, Whoa. yeah, they had crazy shit. And I'm like, you know what? Like, this is, it's great. This is cause Anna, we're animals. We're fucking animals. That's right. We are That's fucking animals. Right. We're not these like perfect little God's children that they're trying to tell us we are. We're not that like the human beings are animals. And when you go to these types of parties, you're not just going to see people who you think are creepy. You're going to see, the fucking receptionists yes. at your dental offices. Yes. And like, like the people who are selling you cars and yeah. Like, like, oh yeah, your fucking doctor might be there. Like, it's just like, it, it literally is the great equalizer. It is. And like, even the, the place I went in Vegas green door, they said, you know, the most of the people that come here are like teachers from the Midwest that don't want to, that, yeah. that are a little freaky, but they're, you know, they have a job that they can't, behave that way and they come out and they fuck and have a great time and go home and then they go back to their lives and it's like this weird kind of safe space for people to be the freakiest versions of themselves with no judgment i think I, at I, all and i think like even saying freaky is not a good thing because like you're not a freak if you like to have sex that's true you're, you're just a normal person just a normal fucking person you're yeah. a freak if you like to like fuck pumpkins or something that's a little freaky or like like i, I <laughs> or like you like to like be put in like plastic bags. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a bit weird. That's yeah. a bit weird. You know, there's there, there's, there's some weird. Sh- there is some freaky shit, but like just wanting to have even group sex is not freaky to me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're yeah, animals. We're fucking animals. Yeah. Like, and we're not penguins. We're not like meant to fuck one thing for the rest of our lives. Like, I I feel so bad for the women that have been like brainwashed into thinking 
to, you have to stay a virgin until you're married and then that's it. This is the guy you get to fuck for the rest of your life. And then it's like, they'll huh? never have an open. And then maybe one day they'll have an awakening and they'll be like, Oh fuck, what have I done? Yeah. But then they have to crash like their whole part, their whole life down. Like, I don't right. know. I think everybody's so fucking uptight about relationships and monogamy. And that's the reason why uh, the divorce rates are so high. You're probably right. It's just, you're forcing, forcing things. When yeah. The only reason why monogamy is a thing is because of the church, because they wanted people to get together and breed more little Catholics and Christians and, and have wedding to do it and have weddings and, and like, and have baptisms and make them believe and everything and have like more little soldiers for their army. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. I I'm I'm still pretty monogamous, but I also am like, I. So I had my friend Ryan William on, who is actively polyamorous. Yeah, um, he's a, like a fairly new comic here in Halifax, and um, yeah, I like, think R Robbie was telling me. About yeah, this. it's very funny. Ryan's great, and I I actually met him at the sex party that I went to. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happened between us. We're just friends. But like we we had met there. That's hilarious. Um, but he like you know he he talks about it like in the same way that you are. Yeah. And I just like I just can't do it. I I get too jealous. Like I just would not be able to. Yeah. I, I'm just too much of a jealous person. So like I do believe in like multiple partners and like I just see it as chapters. So like if I'm currently with someone, like I'm probably only with them. But that's not to say that I'll be with them forever, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which is still monogamous, I guess. But it's it's not as tightly wound as the other one which is stay yeah. with the same person forever yeah well oh i mean everybody i just did a debaters about open marriage and like yeah it was fun it was like probably one of my favorite ones i did it with charlie demers it should be out uh in the new season hey like, it was so like we had s such a good debate it was so funny but like some of the stuff that they bring up is true like most most open relationships fail because yes. somebody can't handle it or gets jealous and it just doesn't work out so it's like but it's because we've been like constantly like, ber like, you know, love stories, Disney, you're going to live mm. happily ever after. And it's just like, yeah. it's not the reality. Like, it's just not the reality. It's ingrained in us to, yeah. to, to think. And it's also ingrained in us as women to go, oh, he's like, like interested in another woman. That means that I'm not enough. It's not me. Yeah, I know too. And I'm like, I honestly like if my husband wants to flirt with other girls, I fucking love it. Nice. I don't like I, I I don't know why I don't have that jealousy bone. Mm. I don't know why. I like I That's good though. It's good you don't have it. Uh, yeah, it means just, that you have more fun. Well, yeah, like I just like I I don't really if he if he didn't want to be with me, he wouldn't be with me. That's how I always feel, you know what I mean? Yeah, like that's if so, true. so if he wants to be with somebody else then he would and that's better for you know what I mean? Totally. I don't know. No, totally, totally. But also that's you're a confident person. Yeah. I have a so I don't helps. even know where I got my confidence. <laughs> idea no idea where i got my confidence i've no f i think i was just like partially my adhd partially my narcissism you know it's all these things that like you'd look at me you're like that girl shouldn't be so confident <laughs> no it's amazing but it does like you do have to and i well stand up built my confidence because like before i started stand up i was like I wouldn't go out by myself or do anything by myself. And now I like, I kind of like, like going and having dinner by myself. It's yeah. sort of like I'm used to it now because of like all just touring. You're often by yourself doing things and yeah. yeah. So it's fun. It's like a, it's well, it's such an independent art. First of all, it's very independent. Yeah. It takes a lot of balls to even do it. Yeah. It takes a lot of balls to even stay with it. Yeah. And then to do it on a level of touring, like you said, and having to have that independence as well, being in places that you don't know. Yeah. Navigate that on your own. It's like, yeah, you become a super hyper independent person. Yeah. You have to. You it, have to. Literally, like, you it, have to. If you're going to be a touring comic, you cannot be like, 
codependent. You can't, no. you can't be like relying on the other comic to do something. Cause like some comics want to hang out all the time. Some just want to go sit in their room and play PlayStation. Like it's just different. So you have to be able to like adapt cause you're always with a different person and some I'm often yeah. alone. So yeah, I've always been, I've gotten really good at just like going with the flow. Go you, you're a real go with the flow person. Yeah. I like, I don't like, I, I think about that's like one of the things like you're we have a that one what's a flaw about you I don't know if you want oh to. yeah 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 we'll, we'll get to it we'll get okay. to it you save it girl okay I'll save it I gotta try to remember it <laughs> I love it we have so much to get to so actually what I'll do is I'll do our first segment which is the assumption segment um so I'm gonna let you know just some things I came up with as like assumptions about you <laughs> And you can let me know if I'm right or wrong. Okay. Okay. So I wrote down, you know, like in uh, elementary, junior high at like like sleepovers, yeah. you were the last to fall asleep. Oh yeah. That's totally true. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like having sleepovers where like one time I remember my best friend's house for her birthday, having a sleepover and like, you know, when you're like a kid and you're up so late and like you just get delirious so you're just giggling you're, it's like what it's how kids get high when they're kids they yes. stay up all night yes because you're exhausted but you don't want to go to sleep so you're just delirious giggling your little asses off i remember one time my friend's dad like yelled down if you girls don't shut the fuck up i'm driving each and every one of you home <laughs> we were like oh no <laughs> yeah definitely oh no that was like yeah that you never want to be the first one to fall asleep that at a sleepover either so lame that's that's You'd the miss one that, on things. well and that's the one that gets their underwear is frozen did you ever do that? We would like put it in a Ziploc bag with water and freeze them? No, but one of my other assumptions was that you prank people a lot. And I said specifically your husband, but I saw you as a prankster. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, my favorite thing to do is scare people. Oh, I love to just literally like- literally the best. Oh, it's so much fun. Classic humor. I like literally giggle like a little child whenever I do it. And like, <laughs> I hope I don't kill him one day. Like I hope his heart is strong enough to take it all, but- Oh uh, yeah, no, I love scaring, and I love getting scared as much as like I hate yeah. it. I'm always like, ah. Do you like haunted houses? Uh, yeah, but like not those like crazy ones. I like, I don't know. I like, I like the amateur. You know, like amateur ones, like when you go to a small community and they have like a haunted house. That yes, and they got like people running around with Jason masks and chainsaws. See, and that to me is not amateur. That's intense. That's like, but it's not like uh like a professional Niagara Falls. <laughs> <laughs> that's the big times there when you get to be Niagara Falls haunted house Jason <laughs> I really don't do well in haunted houses no but I feel like you would be the one like would you be the first of your friends to go in like if you were in a group you'd be the, oh yeah you I'm would not, just you would I'm, just run right in yeah I, I wouldn't want to be at the end but I don't want to be in the middle either so the front yeah you're the front but also second would be good I worry I would pee myself more nowadays <laughs> honestly like I didn't even know this was, I thought it was only happened to ladies that had babies. No, it doesn't. No, it no. doesn't. Because no. I was jumping on a trampoline with my friend's kid and I literally just started peeing. I was like, what am I, I said I'm peeing. <laughs> I wasn't drunk or anything. I was just like, I'm like, I'm peeing. It was like, what? I can't stop. Yeah. Oh. Gravity fucks with your vagina. Pelvic floor stuff. Yeah, you gotta yeah. get those Kegel beads. I do have Kegels, and I well, not Kegel beads, but I do Kegels. But like, I guess I gotta do more. It's I sneezed once once in Walmart and peed. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if Doctor Ho has a pussy machine. Do you think Doctor Ho? Doctor Ho needs to invent a pussy machine. Who's Doctor Ho? Who's Doctor Ho? He's got that like infomercial guy that has that machine that works your muscles. Oh. So seniors can work on their muscles Is and it they the don't get. Is it or something? 
No, no it's like a little patch that you put on and it ah, twitches your muscles. But they need to make one. Yeah. For like, for pussy stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Strength. We got to be able to put something in there to strengthen this up. Well, that's what the balls do, apparently. So there's like Kegel balls They're that just you supposed put to in. carry them around with you. You just put them in and I guess like you just naturally tighten like to keep them in as like a reflex because you're like, there's something in me that might fall out. So I gotta, if you're grocery shopping and like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> oh my God. You're like, you ever like drop something in a movie theater? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it just keeps rolling down to the front. <laughs> Excuse me, can you pass me my Kegel ball? <laughs> it just rolled to the front. It's covered in soda and shit now. Oh, it's just insane. Blow it off and put it back in. There's so many contraptions right now that you can use. They have those things, remote control vibrators. Have you seen those? Yeah, like that you can control from like afar kind of thing. And from a phone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like, ooh, have you ever used one? No, they're very intriguing to me. They are. are. They're very intriguing to me because I'm like, well, I would like to just walk around in public (laughs) and just not know when it's going to happen kind of thing. I've heard some people think it's like crazy and weird, but I don't know. Hmm. I've, there was one girl I watched on like um, Pornhub that like puts that goes through drive-throughs with it on, and it's fucking hilarious because oh she's like, because she's like losing her fucking mind and ordering like a frappuccino. See, I think I'm such a silent comer. You're a silent comer. Like I just feel like I rub them out all the time and do like say well, nothing. Well, when you're by yourself, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, I feel like I'd be okay at that. Like I would just like hold it. <laughs> I feel like I could win. I if there was a competition of sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a wild competition. That would be a wild competition. See who can like last the longest without looking like they're coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that could be cool. I think I would do well at that. <laughs> but maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Who knows? Um, more assumptions about Kathleen. <laughs> okay, last to fall asleep at sleepovers. I was right. Yeah. First on the dance floor always. Like oh, yeah. wedding situations. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. if there's like you know when there's like. No one's dancing. Like yeah. no one has the guts to get up, get up and like start the dance floor. Yeah, that's not you. You would get up. Oh, I'd get up. Fuck yeah, you would. Yeah, uh, and especially now, if I was drunk. <laughs> I'll actually skip to. I'm just gonna assume that your wedding was like fun as fuck. It was. We had two because of COVID. Um, and I like saw that. Yeah. Okay, explain this. What? Well, because uh, the Edmonton wedding only his parents could come to. So. None of his family could come, so we're, and we already had our venue deposit on this place. So, but I don't know if we should have done it. It was like it was fun, but it wasn't. It was like the first wedding was just incredibly fun. Yeah, it was out of control. Like <laughs> the comics were very high. Uh, I had a weed wedding cake. Oh my god! Uh, my my aunt, of super conservative aunt, she's like, "Can I keep a piece of that?" I'm like, "Yes, you can." It was in her backyard too, which was funny. And like. Lisa Baker, you know Lisa Baker? Yes. So she was like fucked up and it was hilarious. Like she was screaming at every, she she screamed at my brother, Oliver, you fat cunt. And then my brother's like, I'm not a cunt. (laughs) But yeah, it was a blast. Like that wedding was, it was started at 11 a.m. because that's the only time we could get our officiant. Oh, 11 a.m. 11 a.m. We had mimosas at the door. And then like literally the ceremony was like 20 minutes. And then we went and got pictures on White Ave. And when we left, everyone was normal. And then we got back probably like an hour later and people were like passed out. Like because we had to pay what you want bar. Like we had like here, just donate to the bar and free pour or whatever, which was a mistake. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because I think like a lot, like we should have had somebody controlling liquor a little bit more. Like one of my cousins was like, he he couldn't stand by 1 p.m. (laughs) 
like he was oh, done. Oh my god! But it was it was really fun. And then for Adam's groom gift, I gave him one of those beer helmets. Oh. And he cried. He's like, I've always wanted one of these. Like it was so cute. It was very cute. Oh and then when we God. like kissed uh, during the ceremony, we I had one of those wacky, wavy, inflatable guys pop Saw up. That. It was oh, fun. Oh my God. Yeah. It was hard to top that wedding. Like the second one was fun, but it wasn't the same. And it was just like, I don't know. It was fun, but yeah. Well, it's kind of like when you celebrate, like like you, you have your birthday on your birthday versus like after your birthday. Yeah. It's kind of a similar thing. It's like, oh, the lust is kind of gone here. Yeah. And if I could give any advice to people that are getting married now, do not get everything that people tell you. Like do whatever the fuck you want. Yes. And like, don't spend all this extra money on shit. Like we didn't get we didn't get like little trinkets to give people. They don't fucking care about those things. No, they get thrown out. We had music at home. Yeah, we had like good food. We had booze. We had a good time. And like, just like, just do whatever you want. Like traditions are like not even a thing anymore for no. weddings. And don't stress really yourself aren't. out about stuff. Like we wanted to do a first look photo, but it just didn't work out like timing wise. So it didn't happen. I'm like, I don't care. That was another assumption I had. I'm, I, I assumed you weren't a bridezilla. Absolutely not. Like I had all my aunts and uh, my sister-in-law, my cousins helping decorate my aunt's backyard. And they kept on asking me, do you want this? And I'm like, I just want it to look nice. Just make it look nice. They were making my bouquets and they were being like fighting between each other. It was quite funny. Like, right. oh my God, a different aunt would come up to me. I'm like, God damn it. She's being a bitch. It's like, <laughs> like my wedding. Like what? <laughs> but I literally like, like, to be honest, we wanted to get married in Mexico. Mm. And um, cause because my friend got married in Mexico. She's the best. She's like, you pick a couple colors, you pick some flowers, yes. and that's it. And you just show up. They do it all for you. Yeah. And there's not really much of anything else because you're in this beautiful tropical yeah. paradise. So, like, you instantly have a backdrop for amazing pictures. Yeah. So, really, you just have to you have to show up with a dress. Exactly. And that's it. That's all. That's the kind of bride I am. I'm not, I'm not like, I have to, I have to have a, my finger in everything. I did not want to be like that at all. I didn't care. I'm so glad. Because you're... It's, there's no point stress being stressed. Oh, it's so stupid. Like the girls that go crazy over this stuff, they, everything has to be perfect. I'm like, did you even enjoy your day? No, I feel like the only thing you might have gotten intense about was your dress. Not even intense. Like I, lo I, I loved my dress. Like I, looked gorgeous. I didn't. It wasn't intense. It was just like I loved. I, and it was like Were I wanted you specific with it. Not really. Like I just didn't know what I wanted. And then when oh, I went okay. trying stuff on, like I almost bought this like super sparkly ball gown one. But then I went and I tried on this one and it was like super tight and stuff. And my bridesmaids were like, oh, like you need th like this dress was made. You're like, you have to wear this dress because it just like put, makes your body look so good. She's like in ball gown, you'd look very prom like. And they were right. Like, that's right. So I was like, yeah, yeah. You get lost in that probably. Yeah. I just like I, I loved that dress, but it was so hot. I wore it in at the July wedding for like an hour. And I'm like, I got to take this off. When was the first one in? What month? September. September. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, it was September month. is a good month for weddings. September and October, I think. And it was outside. Like mm. we were, that's why we did it during the day too. It was like, it was probably like about 20 degrees during the day and when it got a little cooler at night, but yeah, no, it was perfect. It was. I'm so glad that you had a perfect. good wedding. Yeah. Uh, it was so fun. So happy for you. Yeah. It's amazing. It was, it was <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. The other assumption I have is you give a lot of tough love and you don't bullshit with your friends. Yes. You are a tough lover. You do not sugarcoat. You say exactly. Someone comes up to you and says, do you like my new haircut? You will say. Exactly what I feel. Yeah. yeah. I don't believe in like being nice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Honestly, I think this was ruined comedy. I'm not kidding. Yes. I was talking to some other guy, like it used to be hard. There used to be bullies in the scene that would like make you feel shitty about yourself, but also make you be better. Yeah. It used to be hard to get spots. Like it was almost impossible to get spots and you had to work harder to get spots. And like now I feel like every any comic can get six spots a week and then like you don't see comics developing that much. It's just not changing, but it's because everybody's so nice and like that's nice. But that's also nice for them. But there's comics that I see that I'm just like nobody's nobody's telling you the truth. So you're never going to get better. There you go. See, I when I came into comedy, it was very much so under like the Andrew Vaughn school of comedy. Yeah, he was mentality. He came up in the mean times. He did. He was at the the end of the mean times. So and did. he was very much so a, you know, he believed in things like etiquette things on Yeah, and etiquette really is working. gone in comedy. It's it really really is. Fucking gone. It really is. Like it used to be you had to be there half an hour before shows or you lost your spot. You, if you went over time, you wouldn't get spots for a month or two. Like n- nobody pays attention to that. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm bad for like going over time, but I've paid my fucking dues. <laughs> you deserve it. At this but point. yeah, like it's just I don't even. It's just it's it's very different now. And I know I sound like this old bitchy comic, but it is like it's very different now. And and so sometimes I will say things to comics that like might hurt their feelings, but it's going to make them a better comic. And I only say that to the comics I like. Yes. I, if I see something in you and I see that you have got like of the ability, but you just need a couple of pointers, pointers, even if you haven't asked for them. But like, I only do that to the people I actually like. I don't, yes. And I'm right. only mean to the people I love. <laughs> Honestly. Well, because you know that they can take it. And and, yeah. they, and you also know that that advice is going to help them further themselves. Totally. Like before. Yeah. Like this is what I said to Adrian. Cause she's like, well, what, what can you tell? I'm like, best advice I ever got was from um, a comic that I don't even really like very much, but it was the best co- advice I ever got. He said, like, you got, you can't, you have to, if you're going to tell the jokes you're telling, you have to be unapologetic. You can't be up there being meek and being like telling your joke about like coming in your face and then be like, oh, you guys, I'm so sorry I put you through that. Like you, ha- you have to just, <clears throat> yes, you have to be unapologetic about it and be like, that's what I just said. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. That's you your own fucking cannot fault. show any insecurity, especially with dirty material. Oh, yeah. No. You cannot show any hesitation. I have a joke that I start with. Who likes to get cummed in? Yeah. And that's how I open the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> and I had so many people being like, you have to like build up. I had club owners. Oh, not, not yuck yucks, but another no. club. I had club <laughs> owners being like, you have to ease people Were they in. guys? And I, yes. Of course. And I was like, the joke never does well when I ease them in. That's my it f- only ever does well when I throw them into the water. That's my favorite. I guarantee if a guy did that joke, he would think it was brilliant. I'm not kidding you. Like I was talking to a, a new female comic in Ottawa last weekend and she's in a competition and she said that one of the, the club owners that's running the competition pulled her aside and said, okay. Or he, and he said to all the girl comics, like, don't start dirty, get uh. them to like you. Don't start dirty. And I was like, did he say that to the male comics too? And she's like, no. And I'm like, of course he didn't. So start duty, start dirty. Be fucking as filthy as you want to be. And if he doesn't like it, that's his own thing. Yeah. And if he doesn't want to book you, that's his own thing. Thank you. That is ding ding. I know. I I think people need to hear that. I think that needs to be said over and over again. When I did my first guest spot, it didn't go well. And again, that club owner also said, you're going to ease people in, do more, do more dating stuff, less sex stuff. Um, And the, the next night that I did the guest spot, He's like, I'm going to bring you up to a song that's really going to let people know who you are. Guess what the song was? Oh, my God. I don't even want to know. I don't Super think. Freak. 
So then, of course, then oh, don't start dirty. That's the other thing they do. That's the other thing they do. They tell you don't start dirty, but then they bring up this girl is one of the filthiest girls out there. She's a dirty whore comedian, and she's here for you tonight. But we've told her to start with dating material. <laughs> Kathleen cocksucker McGee, like they're such fucking hypocrites. These fucking oh, male yeah. comedy. I I get so. I, even it, it bothers even more actually though when it's a woman. Like I remember when mm. I was in LA and I went to the improv and they had their like their three minute sets that you could go like in the afternoon and they would the booker would watch and like that's your kind of like auditioning for that club. And I remember I went up once and she pulled me aside after and I was all excited. I'm like, oh my God, she's she liked me and she comes over to me and she goes, Do you know who Ellen DeGeneres is? Like you should watch more of Ellen DeGeneres. You should be a little bit more clean. Not so like not so much about sex. And then I just me and my big mouth, this is why I'm never going to be successful because I literally said, I just stood and watched guys like talk about jerking off into a puppet's face and you were dying and you love them and you book them all the time. So why can't I talk about that kind of stuff? And she's like, well, you're a woman. I'm like, you're, Oh, I was like, okay, thank you for your advice. Cause I could have got worse. I'm like, thank you so much for your advice. I'll work on it. And then, but I'm like, fuck you. Truly. I, sometimes female bookers are way worse than than the dudes oh. to women. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I I always love it when it's this when they when guys or like they say wear a dress on stage and then and then you wear a dress and they're like you can't wear a dress and talk that dirty. It's like shut. Can you? Just- oh, it, it's it's this weird thing of like yeah because I've been told not to dress up. I've been told to dress more casual. Yeah, and more. But then they'll tell you to dress up because they think that the contrast. But I go. Shouldn't what I wear be what makes me feel the most confident on stage and comfortable? And, and if yeah. that's if that's a more sexy outfit, that's what I'm going to do. If that night I'm not feeling it, yeah, I'll wear jeans and you know whatever. But like, shouldn't it just be whatever, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're feeling? Yeah. Why is it? Because guys don't have the only thing guys get no criticized is shorts. shorts. <laughs> yeah, what's with that? What, I, where I does know. that come from? I don't even know. I think it's just like I I think that like some comics think it looks like lazy or weird but i'm like it's hot sometimes yeah. yeah i know right like what do you want them to wear a wool suit every time Truly, like pants all the time yeah no, no. i wondered if that rule applied to female comics i actually asked like i was talking to robbie about that last time i'm like oh i'm sorry i'm wearing flip-flops but i ruined my feet and my new vans walking around it's like i like have blisters everywhere and he's like oh it's okay you're a girl you, there's no can, there's, there's no, no rules. rules for girls when they dress and i'm like that is the one true thing i think i feel for female comedy is that we can dress in whatever we want to dress in yeah but if a guy wears shorts, everyone's like, oh, you look too casual. You look too this or that. And I was like, that's the one thing that the boys have to deal with, which I'm that's so true. sorry for oh, you. Oh, it's going to be so hard for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's a difficult thing. But, <laughs> but yeah. No. I also feel like open mics. I'm like, oh, open not, mics. Wear whatever the fuck not, you want. I'm not getting fucking paid. No. I, you know, like um, a good piece of advice Kirsten Finch actually gave me was um, like for like more like paid shows, like professional shows, dress like you're going on a first date. And I was like, that's a great piece of advice. Just like kind of amp up a smidge. Yeah. You know, just just give it that kind of extra amp up. Yeah. Um, OK. Another assumption I have about you, Kathleen, <laughs> is that you don't get anxious. Um. Well, that's yeah, that's pretty true. But I was just prescribed out of it. Yeah, but no, like not. Yeah, it was before it was for other reasons. But yeah, no. Yeah, I do get a little bit anxious now more than I ever have before. But I, I wouldn't say like I have bad anxiety. Yeah, it doesn't come off that way. No, like I don't get nervous before shows. If it's like a big show, I, I get a little dry mouth, a little, you know, a little, a little nervous. nervous. But if it's like a taping or something, I get a little nervous. But like, 
Yeah. I, for like club shows, I don't care. Like I don't get nervous at all. What about just in like life? Um, yeah, no, I don't like. Love that. Yeah. I get like, I, I only get anxious when people around me are anxious. I feel like. Right. Adam gets really anxious about stuff and then it like, then I get anxious about him being, and like, I get, I get like uh what is that called? Secondhand anxiety. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you ever like around someone and they're like tapping their foot or like moving their yeah. leg really fast. You're like, just like, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's impacting me now too. I gotta say, Ativan is awesome. I've so never taken it yet. I don't know why you got prescribed it, but like. Well, do you want to know why? It's like, it's, yeah. cause I got, uh I got, I have like, um uh, like a mass in my colon and I'm getting, uh, it removed, and I don't know if it is cancer, but they said it probably is. So right. I have some some sort of cancer. <laughs> then, oh my god! And then so my doctor was like, "Are you having trouble sleeping?" I'm like, "Well, sometimes I'll have like just nights where I'll just be like vibrating and I can't stop thinking about stuff." She's like, "I'm gonna prescribe you Advan just so you can like turn your brain off." But she's like, "It's very addictive. It this is. is not for you to give out to your friends, Kathleen. This is not for you to sell and on the streets and only use it when you absolutely need it." Yeah, she gave me fifteen, and like she's like. Just use it when you need it. And like, I'm going to try one. I'll probably take one tonight because I don't have yeah. anything tomorrow morning. I just want to see what it does. Yeah. Because I don't want to like be taking it and like, it knocks me out and then I'm fucked because I have something important to do. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because yep, I yep. took a Percocet once and I slept for like, no, I'm not kidding you, 25 hours. Holy shit. I was shit. out cold. Out oh. cold. But yeah. No. So I have this Adamant just like, I guess it's like a treat when you get cancer. <laughs> so, okay. Let's talk about this because you made a post on Facebook. Yeah. And like. No one had any idea. I'm like, you talked I had this. no idea. I like went what? in for routine colonoscopy because my brother had colon cancer two years ago. And uh, just because of like uh, family history, you're usually supposed to get them when you're 50. Yeah. But I'm 41 now. And so my doctor's like, you should probably get one because your brother had it. But she's like, I'm not worried. And so I went in and I had uh, like the whole thing. And they, I, they gave me fentanyl, which I was a little bit disappointed. In. I thought it would be, thought it'd be higher, but... <laughs> I actually asked for more because at first I like I didn't even fall asleep. I was like still awake and I could feel shit. And I was like, oh, "Do you get put to, put out for you're, colonoscopy?" Yeah, you're supposed. But I wasn't out though at all. Like I didn't. Some people do knock them. They're they're knocked out totally. But I didn't fall asleep. But I couldn't feel anything. But I remember okay. I watched it. <laughs> oh my god! So I was watching them like root around my butthole. <laughs> oh my. So they give you the option to watch, kind of like a I, well, the things right there, and I was like awake. So I was watching, and like they. Oh my god! So the um, so polyps are these little like knobs that turn into tumors. So you have to get yeah. them removed. So that's so they found four, and so they removed three, and then they found the mass, and then I think they injected it with dye or something because I saw something like big and black, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And they don't nobody answered me. So I was like, what's going on? And uh, so my joke is that it was just an old piece of gum <laughs> that I swallowed when I was a kid because they always tell you don't swallow gum because you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> but, so yeah, and then they just like came around and like, uh, it's really weird. I don't wish anyone to get diagnosed with cancer, mm. but it's just, they very matter of factly, because how else are you going to do it? They just matter of factly tell you. She came over and she's like, we found something. And in my experience, it's usually cancer. So, but I was like, so do I have cancer? Yeah, what does that mean? What does that mean? And she goes, in my experience, it is. So it's like chances are high. Chances are high that there that there is something in there. So then, then they like they were like, well, you're gonna go for a CT scan right now, which kind of scared me because when my brother got his, they were like, you have to wait a month, and he's like, he paid for his own so he could get one sooner because he's like, I don't want to wait for a Fuck fucking that. month. Yeah. 
So they sent me up like right away to get a CT scan. And then um, I came down and like they said, they said, oh, she'll probably call you in a week with a, an appointment. And the day I got home and they literally called me and said, you have an appointment tomorrow at one. I was like, okay. So that whole day, because they don't tell you anything. I was like, oh my God, am I filled with cancer? Because oh it felt so rushed. It felt like they were rushing me through. And everyone that says that the Canadian healthcare system isn't good, I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about because holy shit, did I ever just get... I feel like that's Alberta though. Maybe. Because it's, it's, I think it's way worse here in Yeah, I think it's harder to get... It's slower. Tests. It's slower. And, and the, the process is slower. I, I Yeah. I've heard stories about like just the, the wait times and stuff. Yeah. And it's, so it's it's just much faster of a process, I think. Yeah, Alberta, we we are lucky because it is it is a good even as much as they cut the healthcare and cut the healthcare. We have like amazing hospitals. We've got like a, the U of A hospital where I'm getting my surgery is like one of the best in the world. Oh, good. So what? But yeah, so I went in for my appointment. I literally like rubbed myself raw because I was like waiting. She was 45 minutes late for the meeting. Oh God, <laughs> bad time to be late. Yeah, so I was like, because I didn't know what was going on, and then she came in and said, okay, well we have to do surgery. She drew me a little picture. <laughs> so they're going to cut out like, I don't know, this much of my colon and then just like reattach it. And then, yeah. So that's what they're going to do. And they're going to, and then when they get the mass out, they're going to biopsy and find out if the, if it is cancer. So they look at your lymph nodes and see if you have any issues. And if you do, you have to do some chemotherapy, but it's not like uh it's not like that Mandy Moore movie chemotherapy where you like lose all your hair and barf all day. Like you, it's, right. it, chemotherapy is different now. It's, I mean, there is still that level of chemotherapy, but like if it's, if it, if you're like just kind of diagnosed, it's not quite as powerful, I guess. Cause my brother had it and he's, he didn't lose any hair. Um, he said the worst part about it was like touching cold things was like awful. Cause it was like, it felt like you had knives going into your body. Oh wow. Yeah. He Shit. said it was so weird. It was so sure. weird. But yeah, so then they do that and they check. And then, so I asked my doctor, I'm like, am I going to have to do chemotherapy? She said, well, you're young. So they're probably going to want to like blast the cancer out of you. So you'll probably have to do at least three months of it. And then if they find more, you'll have to do six. But I'm just happy that I did this thing and I found it because we found it very early. Like I can, if I found it when I was in my fifties, I would be like dying. Right. And and you went specifically because you have a family history. Yeah. Normally you don't have to go until you're older. Yeah. And so, like, if you have any family history, thank fucking God yeah. that you found that so early. Holy yeah. fuck. And my brother found his because he was like feeling tired and he like he plays hockey. And he's like, I was like winded after two minutes. And I was like, oh, I'm just getting old. But he's like, this is weird. I shouldn't be like I shouldn't be like winded after two minutes. So he went and that's when that's how he because he had symptoms. I didn't have symptoms like I had nothing. The doctor's like, you've had no symptoms at all. I'm like nothing. What are the symptoms like tiredness, like blood in your poop and like right. just uh, there's other things. But uh, I just didn't feel. Oh, my God. Sick. I didn't feel sick at all. So even my doctor, because she's also my brother's doctor. She's like, I can't believe a brother and sister one right after another. Like, I cannot believe that. That's crazy. I've never seen that. But everybody was just like, this is in, like all the nurses that were there. Like, this is crazy. <gasps> my doctor's like, you're the best health you've ever been. Like, this is crazy. <sighs> but that's a good thing, too, though, that I'm healthy. That is a good thing. It'll be like recovery will be easier. And uh, yeah, I'm not oh, worried. People are like, it's good. it's so weird when you do. Like, I, I was like, should I tell people or should I not? But I'm just like, I'll just let people know. But I don't want people to freak out and worry because um, I'm not. And I and I, my whole attitude with this is like, I am not going to worry until I have to worry. 
until they tell me, okay, this is what's happening now. That's when I'll worry to have. Yeah. Like you cannot, like I've, I don't know what everybody does when they get a cancer diagnosis, but I think like if you just get like freaked out and worried, it's going to make it worse. The the stress hormones won't help you. Yeah. They won't at at all. Yeah. You know? So, oh my gosh, that's a good attitude to have. And I think it's, I actually think it's really good that you, you talked about it because well, I just want to talk about, I want people to go get a Exactly, right? Prevention. So yeah. you're now saying, you know, we have to look out for ourselves and do these little yes. things to And if you live in Canada it. where you can get this done for free, fucking go. Why so, wouldn't you? Anyone can get a colonoscopy whenever? I don't know about that. Um, you, I, might, you have to be referred. referred. Okay, cool. Uh, you have to talk to your doctor. But hmm. but if you do have like a, a family history of it, like talk to your family. Like do did grandma, grandpa have right. polyps? Did like this or that? Right, right, right. And like, um, like I told the I'm like, you have to go get one done because you're adopted and you don't really know your health history. So go fucking get one done because yeah. you're old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, like even uh, I have breast cancer in my history. I was supposed to get uh, like a mammogram, but I hadn't booked it yet. But and the thing is, I kind of this funny part is the doctor at the end of my whole meeting. She goes, I just have one more question for you, because like I told her I would do. Uh, sorry, I got to back all this. I can't. I can't think in order of stories. That's why I'm such a bad storyteller (laughs) because I cannot think in the right order. But so she gave me two surgery dates, September 7th, which is, is that today? No, that's two days, (laughs) September 7th or September 28th. And I said, okay, well I have a lot of shows booked uh, because I do stand up comedy. And she goes, do you, were you on the debaters? And I was like, yes. She goes, I knew, I knew your name. She's, she's like, I can't believe I'm going to operate on something famous. I'm like, well, I wish I was famous because I'd be rich too. But, uh, but yeah, so she was, so, so I said, well, if I can have that date, is that, will it fuck me over? Like if I wait a month and she's like, no, you should be fine. So that's my date right. that I picked. And then we we're leaving and she goes, I have one more question for you. Um, do they give you the debates before? <laughs> god that's so funny oh my god, oh my god that's hilarious so holy yeah. shit you have a fan oh yeah it was great <laughs> and she's the one gonna be doing the surgery she's cutting my ass out <laughs> <laughs> well number one the material you're gonna get out of oh this that's what that's what every comic phenomenal. that i've talked to they're like you're gonna get so much material <laughs> sean's like it's like having a baby <laughs> Well, I did like the Tuesday after I got the better diagnosis than the Monday when I got the, I have no idea what's going on diagnosis. I had a little stress drinking binge where I drank like a third of a 40 of vodka and I got very drunk. And then Adam was, he was away. So we were talking on the phone. I don't remember this conversation, but he's like, you said to me, I don't let you eat my ass. I'm not going to let cancer eat my ass. Oh my God. So yeah, there's going to be some good material that comes out of this. And yeah, it's going to be, everything is going to be fine. I've talked to, and I've talked to other people who've messaged me, like I've gone through this and I'm fine. Like, well, and and just the fact that you are, have such a good attitude about it. I think it's going to do. I think it's like, you have to. And even if I, honest to God, I was thinking about it. What if, what would I have done if like they said, you're, you have three months to live. I'm like, what I would have maxed out my credit cards. Of course. <laughs> of fucking course. I would have maxed the fuck out of them. Although also it's cute that yours aren't already maxed. Well, they are. Actually. Look who has money. <laughs> I would have asked for more. I would have asked for a bump up and then I'd go crazy again. <laughs> and you'd ask for the bump up. You're like, I only have three months left. Come on. Get yeah, me, yeah, me, yeah. Do me a solid. Yeah. I, well, I'd go fucking like, I would just do whatever. And then like, but then I'm like, that's if that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. Like, I feel like. I don't know. Oh, I don't know if that's I, refreshing to hear. I I'm terrified of death, and I'm it. 
it stresses me out. Like yeah. it's it's an irrational fear. Yeah. People are always like, it's not irrational. It's very rational to be scared of death. And I'm like, no, but like I think about it quite a lot. And I for me, it's just the um, impending feeling of like yeah. I'm not getting enough done with my life and I'm not where I want to be. Yeah. And I'm not experiencing enough things. Yeah. Like that's I think I think if I was like, like you're in a really good place, you're married, you have an amazing husband, you have an amazing career. Like I feel like you're just having fun now. Which I am is just like, having fun. Think, which yeah. is like where you want to be in life, right? Yeah. You want to have all those other eyes dotted. Yeah. And then you just want to be able to enjoy life. Yeah. And I'm just like, my eyes have yet to be dotted. So like, that's what I get freaked out about. I'm just like, you're I not going to get to dot need, all your eyes. I need more life experiences. I need to fall in love. I need to like, like I, I have this like need to keep up with life. Yeah. And that's why I'm scared of death. Yeah. But just let it happen. Yeah, Not death, fair. but just let life happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. You're, just honestly, because like you're even right. you're right. I met Adam when I was at the worst possible place for men. Like I, right. I'd been fucked over by two guys like in a row three actually in a row and like uh I was just like not in a very good place and like I was like I'm never gonna meet anybody and I hate everything and then he showed up so it's like yeah yeah you just have to let it happen you can't make you can't force things to happen it doesn't work if you force things to happen you're gonna end up with somebody you don't want to be with you truly can't yeah it's you're it's listen it's common advice for a reason yeah because it fucking works yeah um and something that I love about you as well is you're always like you, you said in your post, like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do my shows and I'm going to take some time off for me. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you for fucking doing that because we need to see more of that. Yeah. If you, there's people that just constant, that's why COVID, I fucking loved COVID. Right. Everyone was forced to just relax <laughs> for a couple months yeah. and nobody was getting ahead of each other, anybody. Like it was, it was great. I loved that first three months of COVID. It was weird too. and scary, but it was just like. Ah, I can just watch Netflix all day and masturbate. I don't feel bad about it. I've like, like rested. Yes. Like, it was like the most I've ever slept yeah. in my life. Yeah. It was like, good. Like, yeah, I, I actually, I agree. I kind of get nostalgic for this. Right. Times. Right. Like I, I get nostalgic for the times when it was first lockdown, when it was like crazy lockdown and we didn't have the people freaking out about there was, we weren't, I even said this on stage. I don't know if it was the show you were at where I was like, I love, I loved the first part of COVID where we were all in it together. And then like a couple months in and things started opening up and then people were like, I'm not wearing a fucking mask. I'm not gonna... And then we all started to separate again. And yes, it was like, right. but what? it's just yeah. like when nine 11 happened, everybody fucking came together and like, it didn't matter what mm-hmm. you believed. You're like, that was a horrible thing. And yeah, let's all help these people get back on their feet. But now like everyone's so fucking divided. It's so annoying. Like, yeah. Yeah. It unified a lot of us because none of us knew what was going on. Yeah. But now we're just like the we're either left or right, and and anything I believe mm-hmm. is right, but what you believe is wrong, and vice versa, and like yeah. no one's ever gonna come to an agreement, and no, it's just like a weird time now. Fucking agreement, it's fucking yeah. I like miss the I miss the lockdown. I miss the unknown. Yeah, it was kind of nice. But like, are we all gonna die? <laughs> <laughs> well, fucking, I was like, I was in here by myself. Yeah, and like, it was weird because like I felt more connected to friends. Not seeing them all the time. Because you were talking a lot more. Talking a lot in the group chats, doing Zooms yes. all the time. Like, as much as we hate Zooms, yeah. like, we checked in with each other. Oh, I talked to my constantly. friends more during that time right. than, than now. Because right. nobody had, like, their crazy life going on. No, it's true. We were all just sitting around and we wanted, we, we now we craved a connection because we didn't have it anymore. Yeah. It was a great time. Going to the grocery store, like, gave you an adrenaline rush. Yeah. Because you were like, oh. 
Am I I'm, breaking rules? I'm in public. Oh my God. <laughs> I used to like just drive around because gas was so fucking cheap. It was like, I think it was like 70 cents in Alberta. I used to like fill my car and just like drive around the empty city because it was so spooky. Spooky as fuck. And then you saw that we had so many animals coming into the city. Like we had like deer and right. like, because they were all like, oh, the, the humans are gone. Yay. <laughs> Life has returned. It really felt like the end of days. It did feel like the end of days. And I think that's what made more people like tolerant of stuff because everyone it was so uncertain. Mm hmm. And I think, yeah, I, like, I think that's kind of like what I feel like now. Like it's, I feel very uncertain about how things are going to be. I feel certain it's, I'm not going to be dying or anything, no. but it's just like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm just going to have to live with what happens and keep going on and enjoy, enjoy, enjoy each my day. life. Like, don't like, yeah, that's the yeah. thing is I really like realized that I'm just like, I'm not going to bitch and complain that I don't get festivals or this and that. I like get to tour. I get to like come to Halifax for a whole week and like. I get to do these shows for people and people, I make people happy. You and like, seem very happy right now. I'm super happy. Like life is very good. And I love that. Cause I also love that you are someone who's very honest about the downfalls of comedy. Oh yeah. I've been like in all low of places. Oh, I've been in a lot of valleys. Cause it's not a fucking, it's not an art that is perfect uh, or easy. If any comic says that they're not a real comic. Exactly. Right. Yeah. If some comic is just like, I get everything and everything's great. Then I'm like, well, I don't know how you're doing that. But right. That's just not it. But like another person that's like super positive and I kind of like look up to her really is Christina Walkinshaw. She's yeah. like, I don't think I've ever seen heard her say a negative thing about anyone, maybe one person, but like, she's <laughs> not going to out that, but like, she's just so happy and positive and like, She's working cruise ships, which a lot of comics will be like, well, that means you're into the career, but she's loving it. And she's like consistent work. She's yeah, consistent yeah. work in the Bahamas. Yeah, She's living her life. She literally travels all the time. She lives oh. in New York. She's living a great life. And it's because she has a good attitude. That's mm -hmm. why. Like I know comics that have shitty attitudes and they're having a shitty life. And we, and the victim mentality. Yeah. I think, I think something keeps coming up on this podcast lately is just the idea of like that you are truly the driver of your own life. Yeah. And so if you want to sit in that like victim-y negative there. space, cool. Is that fun? Yeah. It's Having fun there? <laughs> bitching about things all the time. I bitch right? about stuff, but like. Of course. But I also like, then I'm like, then I'm appreciative. Like I'm so lucky to be doing what I'm doing. I'm not at the level that I always thought I might be or could get to, mm. but I'm still working every weekend I can and I'm getting paid and I get to travel and it's amazing. I like, I'm, I, mm -hmm. I could be working at an office job that wanted me to kill, kill myself all the time. Right. And Sean and I talk about this all the time. It's like, we're retired now, but when we're supposed to be retired, we're gonna have to work at Seven Eleven, but <laughs> cause there's no pensions for comedians. But I mean, and so many people work those jobs and you're right. It's unfulfilling for them. Yeah. And to be part of like a small percentage of people who have a job that they have fun in and they like yeah and love yeah is a privilege it's like it is it's a total privilege and it's like i'm i'm very very lucky I, yeah. I, like you can get down on yourself every once in a while like like i don't get crave specials i don't get why don't i get just for last why don't i get this why don't i get that but then it's just like if i'm supposed to get it i'll get it that's right that's right like i don't know what else i can all do you, all you can I've focus tried. on is the now all i've done is like i'll showcase i'll do my best and if it's not the person that sees it doesn't like it. That's not me. It's not because of me. It's because I they, like the person booking it doesn't like what they see for it's some a reason. It's thing. Exactly. Like a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah. why I think some festivals should like rotate bookers every five years. Ooh. I think it would be so much better. Love that. Like, like a president. For like yes. <laughs> I don't think anybody should be like in one job for, for too long. Yeah. Yeah. It gets stagnant. It does. 
Yeah, it does get stagnant. It's the same thing too as like even bookers in LA. Like I remember like when I was down there just before I left, they the comedy store loved me, so I was getting in with them. And then, uh, but mm. with LA, you can't leave. You right, cannot right, right. leave because the next time you come back, it's going to be a new person. They won't know who you are. And like, you'll have to redo all that stuff again. You'll have to work your way through again. But yeah, like that's the thing is like people leave all the time down there. So that's kind of nice because there's nobody sitting there constantly making the decisions and keeping it to their style of comedy. Like I would love, I would love to see Just for Laughs rotate. And I'm not saying fire people. I'm saying move them in their positions. Like, yeah. Like they have other positions. So, so now somebody else is booking the Canadian comics and somebody right. and that person now goes and books that. And it's just like, because then you can't be like. Have to fit a certain box. Fit a box yeah. or like you can't like you can't be a favorite. Like it's just. I totally agree. Because yeah. I find that especially just for last books, the same people over and over. And it's mm. kind of annoying and frustrating. It's, it's annoying and frustrating that they never book Canadians to begin with. Yeah. But now they only book the same Canadians. And it's like. You know, there's a whole bunch of us out here that are really fucking good. Right, right, right. And for whatever reason, aren't getting those opportunities. Yeah, for whatever reason. Like, I don't know. Personal I think preference? I think they're trying to be more of a talent agency than they are trying to be a festival now. Like, I think they're trying to make people famous. And I don't right. know if, if it's going to work or not. But yeah, like, I think Just for Last should be working for Canadian comedians. It's they get Canadian tax dollars. Right. They shouldn't be like, like they should be. And they're always like, well, well, you're not a draw. I'm like, cause you guys do not support us. Cause you guys don't put us in the spotlight because when we do this stuff, when we do the festival, we're not like, we're a far away from the Americans. We're not, we're not with the Americans. We're like, Oh, go to the Canadian show. And like, oh, even so like weird. they have Canadian new faces now, which is just the old homegrown festival. I'm like, why don't you just call it all new faces and let us all perform together? Why do you have to constantly, yeah. Keep us separate. And let, a good point. let all the agents see the Canadians too, because it's just like, they don't always go to the Canadian shows. Yeah, They're only uh, concerned about the Americans. So it's, it's very That's frustrating. a great point. Yeah. I'm only now trying, like learning about how all of this works like yeah. with festivals and stuff. For, Cause for the longest time, I'm, just like, I'm an open micer. I'm just concerned about my Gus's set tonight. Like, yeah. Open <laughs> Open mic comedy is kind of like the best, the best time you should very much uh, embrace this time because you like, yeah. once you get to the point where like your things are happening and stuff, that's when you're, you have friends that stab you in the back. And that's when you have right. like people change around you. Like if you get something, like you hear things talked about because people, comics are jealous assholes. It's, it's, it, it is competitive. It's very competitive, especially in Canada. There's not enough spots, not enough spots, especially nowadays. It's actually crazy like anybody coming up now I kind of feel sorry for you because it is so competitive when I started in Edmonton I was like the only girl that went out regularly there was mm. one girl that was in it before me but she quit and then there was a couple of other girls that kind of came in and out of the scene but they weren't coming out every single night right I was the, so I got my just for Off showcase like I think a year into comedy I had no business being on it but I, they needed a girl right you were the one that was consistent why well, was a girl and a girl. I wasn't even consistent. I was one year comic. I was terrible. Right. But I was a girl and they, you know, they couldn't have all dudes on a showcase. You know right. what I mean? So like when sometimes girls are like, oh, it's hard to be a girl comedian. I'm like, well, maybe it is now because it's a little bit more competitive. Mm. But I like I was put on the road really quick because they needed a girl. And it, I it worked to your advantage. It does. And, and like I 
get away with more things because um, I, I'm a girl and there's not that many like strong female headliners in Canada mm-hmm. that can like really do a good 45 to an hour. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. <laughs> just uh, no, no, ranting. no. Kathleen, I love this. I'm just ranting Keep because going. there's so many people that are like, they have a great 15 or great 20 and now they're getting some opportunities where they're like getting some tapings or getting like a roast battle, stuff like this. And then, but they can't do 45. Like, right, right, right. But they still want to headline, which I understand they want to headline. But I remember the first time I headlined, I was like, oh, that was hard. Cause it's totally different. Cause you've got to do 45. 45 fucking minutes. And like, you have to deal with the check drop, which is like the worst part of it is when people get their checks and they stop paying attention to the show and they start, oh, I had that. You didn't, and like, they just stop paying attention because they have this check there. So you got to keep them going. You got to keep the show going. And like, right. it's not easy to headline and do well. No. Anybody can headline, but it's not going to be memorable. Like anybody can headline. But if you, if you have only 15 minutes and you're trying to stretch that out into 45, like don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to yourself. Don't do that Thank to yourself. You. Yes. Cause like you won't get invited back to clubs if you bomb the whole weekend. It's just not going to happen. Like you're no. don't like everyone has this like ego now. It's just like, just relax. It's, just fucking this is relax. A fucking marathon. This is not the sprint. This Aww. is a fucking marathon. Just relax and like work hard and be fun and have fun. Quality over quantity. Don't be concerned about the. Yeah. You have to get your comedy to a quality point. And that's why I, I tell you, like, yeah. when I saw you, it was really the first time I had ever seen such a strong yeah. female headliner at Yucks. Like, blow the roof off. Yeah. Blow the fucking roof off. <laughs> and I've I've witnessed, like I've watched, I've watched so many headliners and it's just like kind of a, it's kind of a, like, you know, it's an okay response. You still have to pay it's your- It's an okay response, but like yeah. that's not, that's not killing. You still have to pay your dues, which I think a lot of people don't understand. Like yes. you still have, if you want to get into a spot where you have a good 45, go on the road. Because you'll be going to these towns where they won't be listening to you, where you're going to have to yell above everyone and it, and- you might be doing well in the city, but when you go out there, you're going to get not the same reaction. And like a lot of comics don't tour as much as they, they used don't go to go out of their bubble. Yeah. And it's just like, but you want a headline. So it doesn't make, I don't know. You just, yeah, you're not just going to get everything handed to you. That's the thing is like, thank you. It yes. feels like that sometimes now there's a lot of like, um, uh, like co- there's a lot of entitlement that like, Oh, I've, I'm doing well in this city. So I should be getting everything. But like, I've seen people that I'm not naming names, but I've seen people who say that they can headline and they can barely do 20 minutes. Yeah. And then it's painful. Yeah. And I feel bad for them. Yeah. Like even Whitney Cummings even said it once. She was like, I, I got my agents and they kept saying, why can't I audition for this? Why can't and they're like, you're not ready. And then she kept on saying, why can't I do this? And they're like, you're not ready. ready. Yeah. There needs to be that again. Cause that's yes. what happened when I started in comedy is that I went to the club every weekend for six months and asked for a guest spot. And they kept on saying, no, no. Like you, you have to keep going and going and going. And they keep saying, and you can't just like be told no once and be like, well, fuck you. I'm never coming back. Like that's just like a terrible attitude to have. Absolutely terrible. Like you have to watch comedy. You go to a club. <gasps> yes. Thank you. Kathleen. Sit yes. And watch it. Yes. Okay. And, and I said this on another podcast. Us comics here in Halifax are really lucky. We get to go to, you can go watch for free and sit in the back yeah. and you can learn from the headliners. Yeah. And not enough comedians, new comics, that. do that. 
That's crazy to me it's because that's class. what I did. It is. It's like it is your free education. It's your classes. Bitch. Mike Wilmot told me that. He's like, this is your free fucking education. <laughs> you truly. You're watching. And also something that I because I was in Edmonton, and this is the same thing for Halifax. Because I did want to move to Toronto. So when I moved to Toronto, I knew all the headliners because I went out and hung out and drove them around and like, you know, yeah. and they they liked me because they knew me, Kathleen from Edmonton. And they get to Toronto like, oh, you live here now? That's awesome. Well, I've got this show. And they, it's all about like, it doesn't happen as much anymore, but it is all about like, uh, like connecting with people and like, yeah. I don't know. It's not working. Not working. It's changed. Time. It's very like, it's very just me, me, me nowadays. And it's. It's sad. Like I just, I see comics that I really like, like I will not, like if someone asks for a guest spot and then they don't stay for the show, then I, I'm like, okay, well I'm never going to give you a guest spot again. Just, it it bothers me. Cause like, that's the thing is comics don't want like, and you have all this free fucking comedy to go to and you got like headliners coming in now again that are really good. Also watch the bad headliners. Watch them all. Because bad headliners will teach you shit too. Yep. Yeah, and if you, if you if you haven't done a guest spot yet, go and watch the other guest spots. Go watch the guest that, spots. Yeah. That's what you hope to be. Yeah, you know, like it needs to. There needs like good. It is good and bad that there's not as much gatekeeping anymore. It's great that people do their own independent stuff, and I think that's awesome. And there's a lot more independent clubs popping up. Yeah, I think night. I think club clubs are. I think comedy clubs are kind of dying in Canada right now, just because they're not trying as hard. Yes. It feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, seriously, like, I just like the expectation that you should be getting a guest spot doing three months into comedy is like insane to me. You hear that big cut? <laughs> Are you proud of us for having this conversation yeah, right now? I'm sure he's listening to this and be like, fuck yeah, I love these bitches. So that's how I was looking down and not up. Yeah, yeah, I did notice that. That was awesome. <laughs> we know where you are it's, but i i truly i uh i i feel what you're saying so hard because like i said i did start with vaughn's influence yeah. in my blood yeah and and i'm in a weird spot where i'm two years in and now there's this new breed this new crop in halifax yeah. and and it's just a very different attitude than what i yeah had come into but there's but nobody- i'm in that I'm in with them, yeah. but I have a different But there's no, you can't be mean to people anymore because then they'll cry and try to get you in trouble. And I, so, like I say, I say it to people that I really like and I, and I think they can take it. And then I'm like, you know, but yeah. if I don't like, I don't think that you can be a, like a great comedian without having the actual thick skin, thick skin, but the actual, I think people you're born to be, you're born funny. Interesting. I, I don't think like, you they, don't think it can be taught. Uh-uh, no. I don't think it'd be taught. I think if you were born funny and you go take classes, it'll it'll blossom. But I, there's Maybe people you can I know be taught jokes, but not yes. You can be taught how to write a joke. Oh, and I know that there's comics that are successful, but I like they got successful because they figured out like the math of comedy and like this and all the tricks and that. Like there are comics that get by on tricks and things like that, but they're never going to be like the comics comics because they just like they just don't have it in them. And I I've yeah. always felt that way. I've felt like you were born to be funny. Yes. And like the the charisma. You can't really teach charisma and stage presence. No. Not at all. You can't. Like you You either have it or you don't. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If 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 some people tried to do the jokes that I do, they wouldn't get away with it. They just don't have my personality. No. That's the thing. And and there's there's jokes that I couldn't do. Yeah. That other people do that I couldn't get away with. But yeah, I don't know. 
<laughs> I just, I loved all of that so much. I almost <laughs> want to clip that whole thing and post it on YouTube as its own fucking thing. Listen to Kathleen, everybody. Oh, and then everyone's going to oh. think I'm just so mean. No, but you're not mean. I'm it's a, I think it's everything you're saying. I'm is honest. Bang on. I'm honest. I'm not mean. I'm honest. It's bang on. And it's like, and what you said about the getting things early because you're a woman, that is something I'm always thinking about because yeah, like I, I, I was given a guest spot probably sooner than I thought I was supposed but to. But use that to your advantage. Don't complain about things. Exactly. Use that just, to your advantage. You just do it. And you know what I always do is I just use it as a chance to rise to the occasion. Yes. So I go, people are probably going to think I'm going to bomb this. Yeah. So I'm going to go in and kill. Try my best yeah. to not. Yeah. <laughs> That's all like. That's if all you can do. If you're given opportunities early, take them. Take them. But don't like assume that like, oh, this means yeah. that I'm going to headline. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't assume that means you're going to now get paid for every show you do. Yeah. yeah. It's just not. That's just not how it works. Yeah. And even when you're <laughs> you don't get paid much when you do get paid. So <laughs> don't get too excited about getting right? paid. It's a fucking brutal dream to have. Can I just say that? It's not a good dream to have. It's a brutal dream to have. Yeah. You and have to really want to like live a failed life to be a comedian. <laughs> like really, it's not. It's very like it's hard to like be that comic that hits hits it and is successful. Like it's very hard to get there. And most of us won't. But but there are comics that stick stick around and do it forever. And they're just because they can't get out of it because they can't do anything else. That's what uh, Travis always told me. He's like, and unless you absolutely need to do it, yeah, there's no point in doing it. Yeah, unless like yeah. And I've ta- I've had a comic once. I did a gig with him, and I was with Rob Pugh. I'm not gonna say him because I don't want him to. I don't know. But I did a gig with him, and he was talking about like. The whole time he's like, oh, I don't want to go out and do this. I'd rather be home with my family, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, then don't accept these gigs. Don't accept these gigs. Let the person that is sitting at home waiting to do stuff like this do them. Like, don't, if you don't want to do it, don't. I hate when comments come, oh, I have to be in fucking Halifax. I'm like, then don't accept the gig. Don't take it. Give it to somebody who wants to do it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm I, 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 I'm coming off like a three week break of like no mics. Yeah. Specifically because I was not feeling it. And I and I and I felt bad showing up being resentful. Yeah. And oh, I was yeah. like, what's the point? I'm I'm gonna go up there. I'm I'm not stoked about my material. I'm trying to write yeah. stuff. Um so like I'm gonna I'm gonna be in a bad mood. Yeah. I'm I might not do well, and that's gonna make me even to a worse mood. So why am I doing this? I'm just not gonna do it for a bit. Yeah. And now I'm gonna miss comedy. Yeah. And when I come back, I'm going to actually want to be there. Everyone has peaks and like peaks and valleys are a big part of doing comedy. It's like there's been times when I'm like, why the fuck do I? I don't want to do this. Like yeah. I've said that before. I'm like, I don't want to do this show. I get booked for it. But then every time I do it, I'm like, oh, that was so fun. Right. Like every <laughs> I you're, have you're, to drag myself. Thing. I have it's to drag thing. myself to some shows. But then I get up and I do it. I'm like, oh, that was great. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah. And that and that's comes from. Well, you're made to do this thing. That's like the that's the thing is like if you're a comic that. That you're you're saying, why am I doing this? I don't want to do this, and why are you doing it? Why, like, honestly? Yeah, why? Um, so, like, you know, new new comedian. I'm two years in. Like, I have to remind remind myself. I never signed a comedy contract. No, I didn't. When I did my first set, I didn't sign a piece of paper that said, "You are now beholden to <laughs> doing shows constantly, oh, multiple yeah, times know. a week, while you're working a full time job and producing a podcast." Yeah. Um, you need you need to stick with this forever. No, I didn't. No, and you can take it's a choice, and you can take breaks. Like you can take breaks. Thank you. There's a comic in Edmonton, Celeste Lampa, and I remember she started comedy, and she was so funny. 
Um, and then she got pregnant and I was like, oh, fuck, we're never going to see her ever again. Right. Like she's going to have a baby because that happens a lot. Does. Um, and then she came back after her kids were a little bit older and now she's like killing it again. And I'm like, yes, see, you can take breaks. You can do yeah. stuff with your life and change. And, and that's the other thing about comedy is sometimes you have to go and live away yes. from comedy because like how else are you going to come up with jokes like you thank can't you. just constantly be doing comedy all the time or you're just going to do jokes about comedy and like thank you you have to go and live a life needed to hear that thank you very much yeah, go travel if you need take a break do whatever yeah. you need but like but if you but it's like the mafia thing like it'll always pull you back in if you're meant to do it you'll get pulled back in and you're never like and that's the thing i um i, I think that there, because it's so it, it, it can be so intense for people, the feelings associated with doing comedy. Yeah. Some people feel the need to make these like grand statements. Like I'm quitting for a bit. Yeah. It's just like, you don't have to quit. Just take a break. You can just not do it. I thought you said I'm <laughs> quitting for a bit. <laughs> oh yeah. I could never quit. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I, I am, um, it's weird because if you are someone who is constantly on like showing up and doing shows, which I, I consider myself to be in that group. Like I, I was always doing shows and now that I'm on a break, it's just like, I'm being asked and people are wondering where I am. And I'm just like, I'm just not performing right now. Yeah, it's yeah. Like I haven't quit. Yeah. I, I just, I truly need to live a life and yeah. go on some dates and yeah. I don't even know like yeah. something, but then it feels weird doing those life experiences for the sake of writing. Yeah. So that feels strange. Well, comedy is so weird because like for the first like five years, you really get submerged in it. Like you're, well, at least I did. I was like, literally I disappeared from my friends. Like I just yeah. kept doing comedy, comedy, comedy all the time. Yeah. Because you get into it. And then like eventually you kind of like, like I started dating a guy. So I kind of like did a little bit less and like, because right. I wanted to be with him more. And, and then like, uh, I always find comics are stronger when they're broken up. <laughs> That's why most comics start. I don't know about you, but like I started comedy because I got dumped and I had nothing else to do. And I was like down on myself and I always wanted to try it. And then, yeah, I, I hear a lot of comics that say, oh, no, I was like just dumped recently. So, and because you do need to if you do are serious about doing it, you do kind of have to devote a lot of time to it. And that makes relationships challenging. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you're a comedian. Oh, yeah. Because most people think it's cool at first. Yeah. And then after a while, like, gets, and they're like, oh, I'm never seeing this bitch. Yeah. Oh she's God. gone every weekend. And that's why and in the night, too, which is night. when you're probably going to be hanging out with. Yeah. And she's people. blackout drunk alone in Halifax and she won't call me back. And I'm worried she's being raped in an alley. Like I, my poor, <laughs> poor Adam, honest to God, like I do. He like he gets he doesn't get mad at me ever, but he's like always like you need to check in. But I, I always say I'm always OK. I've never in yeah. my whole career. I've been like blackout drunk and I always like wake up where I'm supposed to wake up and I don't know how but I'm always like good for me <laughs> it's the instincts I have good in I have good drunk instincts I think my last assumption was that you drunk dial people a lot I don't I don't as much as I used to I'm not as much of a drunk because I don't like talking on the phone <laughs> oh you don't <laughs> oh it. interesting I think it's an ADHD thing I like I, I I hate it and like it's so hard with like um like older like family members always yeah. want to talk on the phone and I'm like can we just send me a tag. Like, I just don't want to mm -hmm. hate this. I hate talking on the phone so much, but yeah. Yeah. But I do drunk true. dial. I, and I do. I feel like you'd be a good drunk dial. Yeah. I, I'll drunk dial certain people. <laughs> Sunny Dolly Wall. Sunny. Sunny always drunk dials me. Does he? Oh my God. Yeah. It's funny. Oh my God. That's he, so cute. He's the sweetest man ever. Sunny's great. Yeah. I love him. Kathleen, we are more than fired up at this point. <laughs> we still have three segments to get through. Oh my God. Um, 
you might have just done your rant, but I'm going to ask you, do you have another rant? Do I have another rant? Was maybe that was the rant. maybe that was I the feel rant. Like that was the rant. Is there is there anything like like specific on your mind bugging you currently? That's grinding the gears, pissing you off. I think like, like yeah, I'm very sick of the left and the right. Got you that extremism. I just want to sit in the middle and live my yeah. life again and not have arguments every day. And like I think people like live to argue and it's fucking weird. They really well, they're addicted to their own stress hormones. Well, social media has fucked us. Mm-hmm. We're fucked. We are so fucked. I think TikTok's making it even worse because it's making people think that they're famous. Oh, and I just like, yep, you're yep, watching yep. the downfall of all these people that hit big and now they're kind of like, things are coming up about their past. And like, it's like, oh, this is just like not good. Like this is a, not a good time. It is really not good. It's it's too it's too much. I'm like, I'm not leaving social media. I, <laughs> I'm not saying I, I don't want to be TikTok famous, but I kind of don't because it's like, I don't need people rifling around in my, who knows what I've done. Well, <laughs> listen, like what will happen is, is like a video will go viral mm-hmm. and then you will constantly then be striving for that viralness again. Well, I even and you won't to... enjoy any of your content anymore. No. Cause you're constantly wanting that viral moment. Well, I talk, we, uh, we had Che Arena at the Grindstone Comedy Fest and he was fantastic and he sold the fuck out. Like he's a he's big on TikTok and he's got like five million or something. Oh shit, yeah. Very funny comic. Um, And like we were talking about like, well, what what would you tell like people to do to, to get followers on TikTok? And he's like, make four to six videos a day, which sounds like a nightmare to me. And one will hit at some point. And then some, when, uh, whatever hits with you, whatever vibe thing goes viral, that's your thing. And I'm like, what? He's like, it's true. If you, cause he does all these reactions to like sexy girl videos and that's what he does all the time. And that's what people want from him. And then, you know, it's so weird though. It is so, it's like, it's like the TikTok accounts. Like there's one that's just a guy who gets his cat to smell things. Yeah. Like, and that's your thing for ever. So, so now he does it every day. It's like day, day 108 of melon yeah. smelling. <laughs> What's melon smelling? Like that's, that's, that seems like a nightmare. It seems like you're in some, it seems like a black mirror episode. It, it really does. I, people are just living in a loop. I don't know why black mirror hasn't come up with new episodes about TikTok, social, like more I'm, social media. There stuff. has to be, there needs to be more. I've been watching the new twilight zone with uh, Jordan Peele. It's so good. There's only oh. two seasons. So they didn't get any more. It was really good. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I guess we're in the Black Mirror and that's that's yeah, why we're not We're living in Black Mirror episode. <laughs> we really are. Like I find TikTok like I just I'm like I don't know how the people that are successful on it continuously do the same thing fucking over and over again. It's also just like that addiction, like I said the addiction to wanting those views. Yeah. And you make something that you think is funny and then you're just like constantly I- checking I think it's killing creativity too, because yeah, there are some yeah. very creative people that are on TikTok and they do their own thing. But the fact that literally everything is just, you can lip sync. Fun, fun fact, everybody. It's so weird. My first TikTok was lip syncing to, to this bitch. Yeah, I know. That was cute. <laughs> I liked it. I found that and I was like, people are lip syncing to me. And then I like, cool. It's, it's cool, but it's also creepy. Weird, it's right? very weird. Really At first weird. I thought it was kind of cool, but now I was just like, this is odd. This is like, cause comics forever. Like don't steal my material. Don't steal my material. And now literally that's all you, you, you can hope for is that somebody steals your material. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And like, it's crazy. And then like your sound might blow. Like if you had a stand up clip that yeah. someone lip synced yeah and it blew up they would get the credit they for would get it. the credit not you it's weird and that's why you gotta credit the sound like especially stand-up clips guys 
credit the comedian and your oh, fucking I saw, comment. Oh, I saw like a, a moms of TikTok war because oh, there was really? this one mom who was very creative and she did everything original. She didn't like, and this other mom took her sounds and like <sighs> made them hers. And like this other mom was a little bit more perfect than this other mom. And like okay. they had a fucking war. And I, I mean, the only thing I like about TikTok <laughs> is the TikTok fucking drama. The TikTok drama, the TikTok drama is pretty addictive. I just don't want to ever be involved in TikTok drama, but I fucking love the TikTok drama. <laughs> oh, like when there's like couples that break up. Oh, it's the new soap opera. You get the tea on things. Yeah, it's the new soap opera. It, it is. I am very addicted to TikTok. It's pretty bad. But I, 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 I'm, I was a lover of Vine. Yeah. So that's why I'm drawn to it so much. I yeah. just love those, you know, ADHD. Yeah. Those quick, those quick hits, baby. But now they're not quick. Some of them go on and Some on. Some of them are pretty long, yeah. So you sit and watch a whole one and you're like, what the, I'll never get this time back. What did I just watch? Yeah, that's why with like podcast clips and like clips I'm putting out now, I try to make them Short. under 30 seconds if yeah. I can, just because of that reason, right? Our yeah. attention spans are fucked. Yeah. That's why I don't even think like I'd ever want to do a comedy special. I don't, I, I cannot sit through a whole. Oh my God, you should though. But I want to do a docu-special. Oh yeah. I think that that's way better. Like I want to do a docu-special where I just do sets at, at strip clubs in Canada. <laughs> and it's just like, and like it's cut. And, and then you follow me around as I tour. I think that would be way more interesting than watching me do 45 uh, minute set. We're going to talk off air. Cause I, I want to do it. Like I've, I, I, I've talked to people about it. Uh, but that's the other thing about this business is like, <laughs> you always get these people like, I'm going to do that for you. And then they, you meet and then they're like, well, that would cost a lot of money. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then nothing happens. Right. Yeah. And nothing happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that would be very compelling. I love that idea. You could almost do like, just like little seven minute sets at all these clubs yeah. and have it and just make a compilation. Well, it's of, like David like, Tell did one like that. Um, Todd, Barry did like a crowd work one and it's mm. so much more entertaining to watch than just like a full set. I agree. People don't have the attention span anymore. I agree. And I, and I do love stand up specials, but I have been known to just like go on the Start phone watching them. Yeah. Not pay go attention. On the phone. I just kind of have it on the background. And yeah, um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay. Kathleen, now we're going to get deep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? God, I have cancer in my ass. <laughs> no, I want people to laugh. It's just the way you said it. Honestly, like I don't. I, you can't. What are you gonna do? You can't mope around. You can't mope around. You gotta. It's gum. It's gum. Not That's cancer. all it is. I guarantee you, they're gonna open it up and like, oh my god, it was hubba bubba the whole time. <laughs> this big leak chew from 1987. <laughs> but other than hell stuff. Other than health stuff. Oh, what was that thing that I was going to. Oh, oh fudge. what's wrong with you? Oh, yeah. What was it? I don't know. Maybe. Well, for sure. It's the fact that I don't think of others. <laughs> it's for sure. The fact that I don't think, especially, especially my husband, like I'm out when I'm out and like I get fucked up and I, and I don't like immediately call back or something that like, I don't think about him worrying about me or something. Is it kind of like hyper independent stuff? I'm, I am hyper independent and it's really yeah. hard for partners to deal with. Like a lot of partners end up hating it. Right. Because at first they think it's so cool that I'm a comedian. And, oh my God, that's so cool. That's like a cool job. And I'm like, oh, you're going to be funny all the time. And then they have to like deal with me crying at night. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Like it's, it's very different to like actually date a comedian. I feel like yeah. you get to see the dark side of this whole business a lot more. And like, even Adam has seen so much stuff and like he, even he's like, Oh, that guy's hack. This guy's hack. 
Like, it's funny. He's a lot more critical than I am. Like, and he's mean. I'm like, just relax. That guy's nice. Relax. But, uh, but here's the thing. I don't think it's that you don't think of others. I think it is just that you are so independent that you're good. You, you, yeah. you don't, you don't assume other people are worried about you. And when, that's even totally when they are. actually very, uh, like mind opening because I do like, I, yeah. I never think that anybody's worried about me. Like, or, or it's not that they don't care about me, but I never consider like, cause I, I feel like I'm a very tough, strong, independent woman. <laughs> right. 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 But right. I do like, I feel like even, even when I got my diagnosis, I was just kind of like, I kind of laughed a bit. I like, <laughs> I mean, I cried a bit, but I laughed a bit. And then everyone's like, oh, do you want me to come over? And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to. You should be around people. I'm like, I don't want to be around people. This is the worst time to be around people for me. Like, I just let me sit and wallow in my thoughts. And like, everyone's like, that's the worst thing you can do. But I'm like, that's actually, I don't want to be around people right now. Like, yeah, it could just be like, that's not how you deal with it. Yeah, it's not how I, I don't, yeah, I don't like being fussed over. I don't like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I don't like being like I. I would. I never do well in a partner in a relationship where they're constantly uh, checking in on me and like making sure what are you doing, where are you at. Like I would never last. Are you safe? Are you okay? It would never last ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ever. Yeah. You need to be free. It, it's very Aries. It's very. Yeah, I need to be free, and you need to trust me that I'm fine. <laughs> but and it's not at all that you are not kind because you're very kind. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think uh, hyper independence can be. Bad, I think sometimes. Well, I'm selfish. But, I will say I'm selfish, ooh, but that's okay. also why I don't want to have kids because I don't, I don't want to have to put someone else first all the time. <laughs> and I know that. Thank you for saying that. And I know that. And not the answer I get all the time. I'm trying to write a joke about it. I, like these people who don't want kids and go, I just don't want to bring a kid into this world. I'm like, no shit. You just don't. You just want to do what you want. Admit it. You, that's don't, what give I, a, you don't give a shit about the world. That's what I say in my, I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to bring a kid into this world. I don't want to get out of the bed in the morning. Why do I have to expect a toddler to want to face the right? day? Like that's selfish. Right. That's selfish to yeah. me. Like when people, yeah, when people, I've, I've heard people say, oh, you're selfish. You don't want to have kids. I'm like, how? Like no. how? Because I don't want to contribute to the overpopulated world because I'm like happy with my life. And like, it I, would be selfish to have a kid for just the wrong because reasons. somebody wants you to have yeah, that exactly. thing. Just yeah. because everybody around you is like, you should do it. You should just, oh, you should just do it. I'm like, why? <laughs> this is actually really funny. Like I told uh, two of my best friends about when I told my, about, about my diagnosis, I went over to their house and they're, they're child free too. And, and they're, they're uh-huh. they, they have the coolest life. They have an amazing house. It's like got art all over. Like, it's just, they're, they've got a great life and they're happy and they don't want to ruin that, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think in more and more people nowadays are doing this, but anyway, so I went over and I said, I have, I have some news and you guys are going to hate it. Um, I'm growing something inside of me right now. And Nick looked at me like, Oh my fucking God. Like I could see in his eyes, like, please don't say you're pregnant. Please don't say you're pregnant. And I said, it's a tumor. <laughs> oh and they were, my And then they were God. shocked and they were like, what? But then I could see the relief in Nick cause he doesn't want kids around. Like he barely wants my dogs around him. <laughs> He doesn't want me to bring kids over. I wouldn't be invited over ever again. But yeah, it was like a, and we were going to do that. Like that's, I was going to post a picture of it as a oh, sonogram, but then I'm like, I don't want to like, ah, there's too many people that can get like really pissy and offended, but I don't know. 
You, you can't be following me and get pissy and offended. <laughs> just well, people do those like you know, like they'll post like I have a like they'll post like what looks like a pregnant belly, be like yeah. I have a food baby. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, that's kind of similar. Like I don't know. I yeah, feel like you have I've to heard like have some, some people like it. like if you on April Fools, I'm pregnant. Just kidding. They get mad because like there's some women out there that really want to get pregnant that can't. I'm like okay, well then adopt. Yeah, like, I don't know what to yeah, tell yeah. you. Yeah, no, it's 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 a sensitive weird line. Yeah, yeah people get upset. I don't and I don't have the urge to make another one of me. <laughs> That's probably very Aries as well. <laughs> we don't need another you don't, Kathleen. You don't, you don't need the competition. We don't need the competition. All right. Yeah. I already have a nephew that was born the day after my fucking birthday. And now I have to like <laughs> share my birthday week with him. Fucking kid. Just kidding. Do you like kids? I love kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I'm, and that's the other thing is my friends are like, you're so good with kids. I'm like, yeah, because I don't have them. That's right. Because I like yes. to be around them. And then when I'm sick of them, I leave. And you go home to your life and you sleep and yeah. you, you eat what you want. You know, I don't have to deal yeah. with the flu. I don't have to deal with like uh, all the shit that you have to deal with when you actually own a kid. Yeah, it's a lot, dude. Holy it's too fuck. much. Yeah, but people are like, you're so good with kids. Kids love you. I'm like, yeah, because I treat them like little adults, first of all. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't yeah. like, I don't act like, oh, like there were at my wedding, we had like gumballs everywhere because I wanted gumballs as my decor. And so the kids were Amazing. like throwing them around and I was, I walked outside and I saw them doing that. I was like, if you throw that at anyone or at the building, I'm going to come out here and murder all of you. <laughs> And they're all like, oh, okay. They listen yeah. up real quick. Yeah. I don't like, yeah. I, even with like, I don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a maternal person either. Like when I was a kid, I didn't play house. Like I had dolls, but I wasn't like that. I liked playing like cashier or lounge singer better. I was like. Lounge singer. Oh, yeah. I used to want to be a lounge singer. So Strip club, lounge oh, yeah. singer, cashier. I feel like you, you you just need to make this business happen. Oh, you yeah. Would, you would just be able to run it yourself. Oh, it'd be amazing. You'd have all the roles. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could wear pretty dresses every night. That's all I want. I just want to wear like gowns every night. Oh, I want yeah. Vanna White's job. Because you love the dresses. Because you do that thing dresses. in June, right? Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Uh, every day a dress kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Trying on wedding dresses was like so much fun. Oh, my God. I only I did just... it. No, I did it three times. I wish I could have done it a thousand times. I just want to do that. Just, I just want to see myself in a wedding dress. Just go like get a fake engagement ring from Walmart and call them and say, this is my date. And you just have to be good at saying, oh, I'm going to have to think about it because they're high, very high pressure. They're very high pressure when you're in there. Like I, the first one we went to, my friend walked, she had, my maid of honor brought a bottle of champagne and that, and the lady's like, is that real? Cause we don't have a license. You can't bring that in here. She goes, oh no, it's just apple cider. And she's like, okay, well don't open it in here. And then literally two minutes later, pop. And she's like, Jesus Christ. And then there were two, my appointment and the, there was another appointment and the, the girl was clearly a lot younger than me too. She was probably in her late twenties. And every time she came out, her whole family and friends cry. Oh my God, you're so beautiful. Oh my God. And then every time I came out, my friends were like, you look so skinny. Oh my fucking God. You look so skinny. <laughs> like we were going crazy and they kept on bringing me these like romantic, like floofy dresses. And I was like, listen, you're going to need to bring me something a lot more slutty than that. Cause I do not want to look like a fairy princess on my wedding day. Give me some cleavage. I look like a bombshell. <laughs> yes. And you did. Your hair did was amazing too. Yeah. 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 I did have extensions. Oh, I want extensions again. Dream, dream yeah. hair, dream hair, bombshell hair. Mm -hmm. Extensions seems like, like, you would never want to go back to, to, oh yeah. I, I like want to get them again. Right. Once you get, ex and they're good. Like the ones I get are these, they're called nano beads and they just like, it's not like taped in or sewn in. It's like these beads that they loop it in and oh. they look so much better and you can actually put your hair up. Yeah. It oh. takes a while to get used to them, but you can like put your hair up and oh. see, cause that's, I love a power pony. Like I love a yeah. voluminous 
pony. Yeah. I know. The best. I know. And all those power ponies you see are fake. I'm just letting you know. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. None I of those are one. real. I own one. Yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a pony yeah. extension thing. Yeah. I love when girls are like, oh, my God, Ariana Grande cut her hair. I'm like, it's that short. She just got her extensions taken out. That's right. <laughs> it's all fucking fake. Everything's fake. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. I got yeah. Botox. I got filler now. I don't give a shit. Yes. We, before we recorded, we talked about this. The the first time I went in to get Botox, I'm like, why? I use my face for work, so I don't want to have too much. And then the second time I went in, I'm just like, freeze it all. I don't want to move. <laughs> I'm good. See, I go, I use my face for work. So give me all. Of yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. I want to be frozen. I don't want any expressions coming off of this face right now. I love it. I, I would totally get it. It's awesome. Listen, like anyone who tells you that life is not easier and better. <laughs> if you're beautiful and yes. pretty is a liar. Yes. They are a liar. It's a liar. They're a total liar. Thank you. And yes. they're saying that because they are insecure and yeah. they want and they want to believe that they're fine and they're not. Well, you have to embrace all your flaws now with body positivity. It's oh, it's, we can talk about that in a second. That's that's kind of my um, oh, let's do it then. Okay, what? Let's yeah. get to it. So now we're gonna do unpopular opinion. Let's hear it. Don't hate me for this, but it's time for unpopular opinion. I don't like the body positivity movements. Pop off, queen. Tell me why. Uh, first of all, uh, it's happened to me where, like, if you were bigger and you lose weight, they turn on you. That's yes. And I see yep. it all over TikTok right now. Just like I, I liked you when you were fat. I liked and yep. and oh, oh, she used to be a nice girl. Now I'm not gonna follow because she's lost weight. And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Truly, truly, like truly, you want truly. everybody to accept you the way you are, but you can't accept that somebody might have been uncomfortable. I did. My health was so bad when I was bigger. Yeah. And I am like the healthiest I've ever been. And like, yes, I did not like being in a bigger body. And that yep. doesn't mean I'm a bad person. And that's okay. But they don't, it's, it's just like the whole like left and right. Like if you don't believe what I believe, you're wrong. But everyone, and you know, everybody talks about Lizzo. She's like, it's, she's a big uh, like force in this, but she's probably got some health issues right? that she's not talking about. And, I, and I'm not saying that you can't, be healthy and be bigger but like i'm sorry she's definitely got to have diabetes like it's just the way it's science and these are the people that talk about science all the time but then when they talk when you talk about body stuff they're like well you know we're accepting everyone except for the people that lose weight afterwards and then like adele they went after oh my god the like, adele stuff was wild let her live her own like we let you live your life we're happy for you be happy for her yep Yep. Like it's so fr it's so frustrating. And I had a girl once because I posted that had this like little green crop top and sweater. And I don't wear crop tops. I don't like feel comfortable in them mm -hmm. um, because I have stretch marks on my stomach and all this other stuff. And so I wore one out one night and I was like, fuck it. I feel great. Like I finally wore a crop top out. I feel good yeah. about myself. And then some girl messaged me and she goes, this post isn't it, Kathleen. Why wouldn't you wear a crop top when you were bigger? And I'm like, because I didn't oh, feel comfortable. my God, because I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't want like I was a big girl my most of my life, and then I lost weight, and then I yo-yo up and down. But like I still definitely have body dysmorphia. I still think I'm huge, yeah. and I still like have all these all these issues about it. And like to have somebody message me to be like, "How dare you lose weight and and not be a positive role model for plus size women?" And I was like, 
I never asked to be a positive role model for plus size women. I just was a plus size woman. But like, just because I lose weight doesn't, doesn't mean that I'm saying that what you are is bad. That's right. Yes. It's so annoying, but it's insecurities. It is. And also insecurities. You're going against body positivity by shaming you. Like who, who, you know, like something can be said for the fact that like you were insecure about the stretch marks and you were like, fuck this. I'm going to wear a crop top and go. That was a body positive moment for you. Yeah. It wasn't the image we have in our head of it. She ruined it for me. She ruined it by coming over and being like, well, it wasn't, this isn't it. I'm like, okay, well, what is it then? Please tell me what it is. But it, it drives me nuts. It like really drives me nuts and it's frustrating. And they, they talk about, oh, well it's, you're promoting diet culture. I'm like, I'm promoting my health. Like, I don't know what to tell you guys. And sometimes to get to health. Yeah. You have to make changes. You have to make, and that's the thing is like, to get healthy, like I've intermittent fasted before. Yes, you were, you were telling me about and this. It, yeah. It fucking works really well. It also works well because I'm still diabetic. And it's when I was intermittent fasting, my blood sugars were the best they ever were because it, it does lower your whatever. It, right. it works that way. Yeah. But when you see people online, like, oh, you're just basically starving yourself. And I'm like, well, not really. I literally just don't eat for 16 hours and, and half of those hours I'm sleeping. And also we've a huge issue with overeating just yes. in general in this, in, and, in the world and North America. Oh, when you watch those videos of people, I cannot stand watching people eat it. The mukbangs. It, it creeps me the fuck out. Yeah, yeah I am. It creeps me. the fuck. Although I do love watching animals eat. <laughs> a porcupine eating watermelon. Oh my God, I could watch animals eat all day. Like little skunks eating something. I saw Adam sent me a video of a, t- a little turtle eating a tomato. I was like, Oh my God, I can watch animals eat all day. But humans, I cannot, Yeah, I can't watch it. I, it, be, my insecurities with food. I don't like when people watch me eat. Like, it's just, I don't, Yeah. I don't like that. I like, I have so many insecurities around food Yeah. because of like the, and also I didn't grow up in the time where it was awesome to be a big girl. I grew up when it was like, everyone hated you. And before they talked to you and like, I didn't get to shop wherever I wanted to shop. I had to shop at the fat old lady stores. Right. Because that's all they had. I didn't have extended sizes everywhere. Like it, you couldn't just shop wherever you wanted. Like you had to like, you had to find a way to get the clothes. That, yeah. Like, yeah. I could never go to like, all my girlfriends would go to like La Senza and the Gap and all this stuff. And I could never shop there. Like I'd have to, if I was at the Gap, I'd have to buy men's extra, extra large or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't grow up in this time where it was very cool to be. And so that's no, affected my thinking too. Yeah. I, I think that's so like course. an elder millennial thing. Like for sure. That, yeah. That's, it's still ingrained in us a bit. Yeah. To be thin. Um, I think and it's then that great. equals hot. I think it's great that girls in younger generations are now feeling more happy with their bodies yeah. and stuff. But those, they need to understand that we didn't get to feel that. We didn't get to feel that. We got to feel like we were awful human beings. And like, and if you weren't perfect and like, even like, even if you had pubic hair, like in the nineties, you were yeah. off. Yeah. Like, and you know, that's in. You could And if you shave, it's. Not cool. Now you can shame. be whatever the fuck you want and everyone has to accept it. And like, that's good and bad, but I don't know. The perfect example of this is like going to the beach with like my friends who are a bit younger than me. Yeah. It's like, I still hate myself in a bathing suit and I still like, I and they're just dancing can't. around and, and like, it's just like larger women are wearing bikinis. I yeah. think it's, I think it's fucking awesome. It's, but you can't make us feel but like you can't. Exactly. Yeah. It's years and years of being ingrained in us that we're not good enough, that we're, you yeah. know, that nothing will happen unless you, I've even had like people tell me like in the industry, like you have to lose weight or no one's going to put you in anything. Like, 
<sighs> I once had an audition where it was like obese cheerleader and I'm like obese oh cheerleader and the lady's like oh you're not like obese you're just tv obese I'm like great <laughs> like that makes me feel better like that's the stuff we had to deal with so that's the thing that bothers me about this new gen because they are very critical of, of the old, of older people they're yeah. so fucking super hypercritical about everything like and it's just like you don't understand this shit that we went through had to go through so that you guys can thrive <laughs> oh my god and yes. I feel the same way about comedy too. Oh my <laughs> it's <laughs> I so many people are gonna hate me after this. No, no, because what we're saying is, and like, let's just again clarify, because I think the core of the body positivity movement, and I think what's hypocritical, the core of it really is fat people should love themselves. Yeah, overweight people should love themselves. Yeah, part of loving yourself is getting healthier too. Yeah. And that's also okay. And we're not saying hate yourself, but we're saying don't hate us because I decided I wanted to get healthier for, for, and, and making choices that make us feel better. Yeah. And I do want to be in a smaller body because of all the, and this is my favorite thing is like this generation of respect my trauma. They don't respect our trauma at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's only their trauma yeah. that we have to respect. No, they don't respect our trauma at all. And like, I'm telling you, we have a lot of trauma. Like yeah. we don't get to do whatever the fuck we want. No, nope. we didn't get to do that. I'm like exactly what you said, the comments and the lack of acceptance. Like, yeah. like, and, um, you know, like I grew up with a mother who like would like buy me diet books for my yeah. birthday yeah and then but still tell me to finish my dinner yeah take, every night. take you to weight watchers classes it's rude to not finish your dinner but my then mom, also yeah. don't but also oh, yeah. lose weight oh yeah my mom used to take me to weight watchers classes with her uh yeah she was instead of like taking me to a child psychologist she took me to a dietitian which is like also you find out now that i have adhd it's like a a lot of girls with ADHD had weight issues. Right. Cause it's just like part of the way we deal with stuff and like coping kind of things. Yeah. So when I got diagnosed, I was kind of pissed at my mom. <laughs> like, she, I, I, yeah. she wasn't around, but I was like, you know, like you took me to dietitians all the time. You put me on Prozac cause I was sad, but you never like had anybody talk to me about like how I was feeling or like you just, and I, right, right, and right. I think that that was like a lot of, a lot of because their mothers told them you have to be skinny like it was so like I think it, we're going to get a great generation of, of people coming up where it's just like and some body types you're just going to be bigger like my doctor has said like you've been at this weight for two years without doing that much like different you're not like dieting you're not like exercising more she's like this is where your body's supposed to be right this is like it's natural this kind is where of it's always medium. supposed to be yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. like if she's like you could get thinner but you're gonna have to work a lot to keep yourself thinner. Right. That's right. That's so, right. Yeah. And, and what you're saying about the, the, the being bigger and then losing weight and then that the psychology behind that. Oh my God. There's so much psychology behind that. Oh yeah. Because once you lose the weight, you're like, well, what else can I do yeah. to be hotter? Yeah. What now? Yeah. And then it's just like this con, like it's this cycle, this yeah. evil cycle. Yeah. It's crazy. It and is crazy. Really. You just have to get yourself to a point where you're happy and, and who you are. And Let's let people do that. I just think that there's <laughs> let's let people do that no matter what it is. Yeah. You if people want to lose weight, let them lose weight. You can't call yourself a positive movement if you're going after people because they decided that they wanted to change. Yeah. It really bothers that's it really bothers me. And that's hard for me to respect the people that do that. Like I see these girls do it all the time. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I think that's just awful. Also, here's a hot take. Oof, please don't get mad at me, everybody. People will. But 
women who who <laughs> I don't know why I just say this even then <laughs> I feel like there's so many women who are just like anti-diet culture and if you look at them they're clearly women who have never had to go on a diet yeah oh yeah they're all like naturally thin yeah. slim built you women. don't need to do this stuff to blah, 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 blah. you just it's need like, to do some yoga <laughs> it's like have you ever had your weight fluctuate you yeah. know 10 to 15 pounds in yeah. a month or something like that have, has that ever happened to you yeah maybe not and some of this stuff is like genetically medic like i have i take medication for thyroid stuff like mm. i have like uh, like I'm not blaming it all on my genetics, but I don't have the genetics of somebody with that can eat whatever they want and still and not, be fine. That's right. So, and there's plenty of super thin people that are extremely unhealthy. Like let's not oh, say that God, just yeah. overweight people are unhealthy because yeah. there are some people that are thin that are fucking unhealthy as fuck. But I just like, there's no way that like if you're a bigger person that you don't have extra health things that you wouldn't have if you weren't. Absolutely. Bigger. And, it's, and that's just a fact people <laughs> Yeah, but they get so mad when you say that. They, They're like, they get really I'm mad. perfectly healthy. I'm like, okay, fine. Then I believe Perfect, you. It's like perfectly healthy. I mean, maybe you're not, maybe you're not uh, teetering the edge of urgency. Yeah. But I'm sure you could be healthier. And a lot of it is psychological too. A lot of it is. If if you're extremely big, there's some there's something in your head that is fucked. Cause yeah, I know that there's many reasons why I was bigger and why like food was my like number one comfort. Yeah. And then the bigger I got, the more I would get teased at school. So I would just eat more. And then it was just like, it was this weird cycle. So like, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, psychology behind weight. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, this whole, we don't like you cause you're skinny now. Like so mean girl worst type so of person mean girl worst it's terrible person. whenever i see someone doing that on tiktok i block them i don't want to see their face ever again there is one crazy situation so there's this youtuber named eugene fucking oh my god i don't have my phone um she's a youtuber who is like so thin that it's scary insanely scary yeah and like people are reaching out in a way of like, you know, we're not shame. Well, maybe they kind of are, but they're essentially just like, we're worried we're about you. Really worried. Yeah. And it's, and you do see the other, you see the total other side of it too, right? Like yeah. you see these extreme cases and it's just like, how much yes queen are we doing before we're going? Yeah. We're worried for your health. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing too, is like, uh, people always tell you don't, you don't need to lose weight, blah, blah, blah. But then you start losing weight and everyone tells you how great you look. Right. But you're, you're literally like, I haven't eaten for a while. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's always the days that you like, you, yeah. Yeah. And you're like, okay, no, it's working. I'm just gonna do this. So like, so yeah, like it, it's all eating disorder, whether you're bigger or very thin, like being like a overweight is an eating disorder. And it's just yeah. like, it needs to be treated just like alcoholism and things like that. It's like an addiction. Like, oh my God. Yeah, it is. It is yeah, an addiction. Yeah. And it, and like things like, and you can like do your best for like a whole year, two years, just like an alcoholic. You cannot have a drink for five years and then you just have one fu bad fucking day and then it all just rolls back into, you know, old patterns. Yeah. It's, it's hard, Too but people sorry. need to be more honest with themselves and stop worrying about other people. Yeah. Worry about yourself. That's worry about, about your goddamn self. Yeah. Let people live their lives. Stop looking at other people. Stop judging other people. Just worry about your fucking self. Because a lot of us are assholes. <laughs> we just need to like <laughs> deal with our own selves. Yes. Oh, I agree with everything you said. <laughs> um, We're going to get hate mail for this episode. You know what? Fuck it. 
I if, hope we do. If I do, I'm going down with Kathleen. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we'll get canceled together. Woo! <laughs> if I get canceled for saying this shit, fuck the world. I'll go live in if, a if, if we get canceled for what we said on this podcast, I will take it as a compliment that you're listening. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Your haters always listen. Thank you so much for tuning in and making it to the end of the episode. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> Kathleen, I adore you. I love you too. Thank you like so much. <laughs> Thank you for being you. Oh, you're sweet. Like, I, I didn't mention this, but you did something that I'll never forget, which was during the pandemic. I'll never forget it. Oh, you're making me cry because I was like, I got to do this for her. <laughs> I was so poor. I know. I didn't have a job. I was on CERB, which yeah. is not I, a lot, I, which is not a lot. And I know that a lot of people were like, oh, this is the most I've ever gotten. But, you know, I was like single income and, and one bedroom like, apartment. Do like, all of this yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh. So broke, and I made a comment about like I just haven't. I can't even buy coffee right now. This bitch sent me coffee. <laughs> she sent me a thing of K cups, like a big pack of them. Yeah, and I was just like, no, <laughs> no, you're not. And you were like, shut up and tell me your address. Yeah, and I'll never forget it. And and like you even said, you're like, when you're in a position to do this, do it for somebody yeah. else. And I'll never forget that as long as I live. I'll let you know. I'm still not in that position, but soon I will be. You will be. You will be. People have done it for me. But like that is such a kind thing to do. And so like when you when you said earlier that your flaw was like that you don't care about other people, I was like, no, that's not true. You, you do care. You are so kind. Um, but like that's something I'll always remember. And um, oh, yeah. good. Yeah. I, I, I just like I'll never forget it. So like when I do see. Yeah. This, another Sarah. Yeah. I will. People did it I for will me. pay it poor. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I've had people like just like send me money. Like, right. Yeah. Broke times are the fucking worst. They're the worst. They're hard, especially when you are following your stupid dreams. Right. <laughs> like, so Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Never follow your dreams. That's my shirt. Never follow your dreams. <laughs> Never follow your dreams. I'll have to link to like where people can get your uh, <laughs> my merch, your merch. And you also have I should say before we end, you have an amazing stand up album, too. Oh, yeah. It's so old. But yeah, it's still out there. What's, the, what's it called? Again? Deliciously vulgar. Deliciously vulgar. I got to get a new one out. <laughs> it's amazing. Download it. Stream it. Um. If you're going to lip sync Kathleen's uh, <laughs> clips, tag her for fuck's sakes, <laughs> at the very least. Um, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I, yeah, I, I always have fun. I know. I adore you so much. <laughs> I love you gotta, you, too. you gotta move here. Please move I here. I would love to live on the East Coast. I fucking love the East Coast. We need more killers here to yeah, keep one us day. new comics in shape. Yeah, I just need some people to <laughs> fucking slap them around a bit. <laughs> You can slap me around anytime. Yeah, there you go. I will take it. <laughs> oh, God, love you. I love you so much. Thank you for doing this. Thank and you. Kathleen, you can ring the bell to end the episode. Yay. Ding, 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 ding. Keep going. Yeah, if you want, order up. <laughs> Peter Anthony once said, he's like, are my fries done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, that's the best way to say it. It's all comics that works in restaurants. They, they know. PTSD. Thank you for listening to the Intoxicated Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast app you use and leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. You can also give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Intoxicated Podcast and check out our video episodes on the Intoxicated YouTube channel. Until next week, feel hard and talk hard. Intoxicated Podcast is hosted and produced by Sarah McClellan and brought to you by the messiness of life.
Oh, everybody's depressed. Next subject.